0: Hello friends, welcome to play along podcast, the podcast where we play through games. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the one of them. There's two other hosts of equal value with me right now. Kai and Ben, how you guys doing today?
1: It yeah, feels I'm doing forced
2: well for a second class citizen.
1: Yeah, it, it feels forced how um, equal we are to you now because you just overemphasized it. But I guess um,
2: it's just uh, repayment for hundreds of years of, you know, <laughs> oppression. He's like it's this is my turn to punch the you white man. It feels like it feels terrible.
0: <laughs> this is my world now.
1: This is this is my show and then I'm running it. <laughs> how, are, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've had a fucking long week. Mm. Much um, needed so, weekend, then. Oh yeah, it was very nice yes. to chill with a very cute cat. That—that—that's not where I thought you were gonna go. It's
0: fun to chill. With really it, cute girl the
2: temperature over there in Britland.
1: Is it still on no. fire? Um, it's not as on fire anymore. Um, that's good. It's manageably hot.
0: Are well, you not if feeling like you are having a heat stroke every single day, even with well, your fan on?
1: I mean, I am a slightly overweight, hairy British man, so. <laughs> anything above double digits so i just immediately start sweating double
0: digits yeah. well, i guess you're celsius I was, uh, I was like double digits i was like i don't think it ever gets under but <laughs> how honest, are you jared you good i'm doing good i'm back in the credentialed office you can see that we have our play along credentials here our best dad mug is in the background i'll be
2: honest it does look like a zoom background
1: it's very Zoom, yeah. You if look I like you called into a stand- news <laughs> presentation on like how yeah, to I don't, give a podcast. I don't cost. believe
2: that there's not just Zoom green screen behind you. If I stand doing really at I still... Doing it us
0: now on CNN, we have Jared yeah, Moss. Exactly. Just cut to me. I'm doing sports. <laughs> uh, it does, I, as I'm staring at my camera, it does look like that I have a Zoom background. If you're listening to this on Spotify, go check us out on YouTube, because go all of our video cameras- backgrounds...
2: So I feel better about it. I know it's real. I've been there before. Yeah. There we go. There
0: you go. <laughs> Green screen just falls over. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know, Play Along Podcast is a weekly podcast where we play through games in kind of a book club slash audiobook format. What we'll do is the three of us will each take turns choosing a game. We then will get the game and break it into sections. And then each week we will play one of those sections. We will recant what happened in the story and the narrative. We'll talk about gameplay mechanics. Um, we do go pretty in depth to all of the narrative beats. So if you are trying to avoid spoilers, either play the game along with us or play the game first and come back to it. In the last episode, we just had finished. Sick dab, bro. Did Kai just dab or did I dab? Yeah.
1: No, no. no, Kai sneezed, but it looked like a dab. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I had like a stroke <laughs> or
0: something. I didn't like my arms were just like moving on their own or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the last episode, we had uh, finished up the quarry and there was a lot of people that. Waited till they were playing through the quarry to start listening to th- that series, so perfectly fine and something that we are we we welcome here on the show too. Um, but if all that sounds interesting, make sure to follow us on our social media. Our link tree is anywhere you find our podcast: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Play Long Podcast, Play Long Pod on all of those. And if you like what you hear, slash C, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever. And Kai will dab for you for for yep. act for payment that's time we'll do we'll do a kai dab emote in the discord there you go i don't know there's what we'll no use promise. that
2: there's no promises that, <laughs> <right>?
0: <laughs> i don't well i'll just like ben can you screen cap uh, kai uh dabbing i don't know how that works but can yeah you no I got, I got it on Usually the footage. Cool. Uh, without my
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. it
0: was in the contract yeah that you, did you not get that Cause I'm pretty you. sure I sent yeah. it to you yeah yeah uh yeah like I was saying in the last episode we had wrapped up our time in the quarry we played through the ending of it we gave our final thoughts and if you want to see what characters survived and what characters didn't you'll have to go back and listen because right. let me tell right, yeah. you <laughs> let me tell you it was a roller coaster of emotions with that game mm-hmm. and That's Mike
1: we we have heard you we will yeah. at some point play Detroit. I don't know yeah. when, but we will at some point. Play it, yeah, Detroit. it probably won't for, be the the, the next to game. Human. Yeah, Detroit yeah. Become, become human because we becomes just played human.
0: through like a decision. Is it becomes human or is it Bec- became human? Become human. Become human. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of us on here have played that game, and it's one that we has
2: maybe like twenty minutes.
0: <clears throat> oh, when like the the like the beta or the demo okay, game we came, we played that that, that yeah. intro C, sequence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean and games that have a good uh, narrative and have choices
1: that are meaningful, we are down for it, clearly. So we will get to that. I I know it gets surprisingly dark in some points, so that will be interesting.
0: But today we will try to stay on topic and not stray too far from the concept. Oh
2: fucking (sighs) hell. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: I was trying to find a stray pun, and that's the only one I can think of. Uh but yes. Could just we, come with any general cat pun. It didn't have to be. No, but I wanted to use strays. Oh, you wanted to use okay. Yeah, right. I wanted to, and I couldn't.
1: That was the only thing that I can think if of. If
2: you think this game is the cat's pajamas, give us a five star review <laughs> on the iTunes, Play. Damn it. That yeah, one's that, that was a much not- better.
1: Doesn't matter how bad we are. If the game is five stars, we deserve a five star review. It's yeah, exactly. There has to be that like
0: level of equilibrium and us. balance. Yeah,
1: it's about the game. So if you like the game, you have to give us a five star. It's
0: just that's just science, you know. Equivalent exchange. <laughs> but, but yeah, in in this episode, we are talking about stray. What we do in the beginning of you know any new game that we play is we kind of go round robin and gauge our experiences with the game prior to playing it from the podcast. Um, but Ben, I mean, did you know about Stray? Were you excited to play it? Were, what were your thoughts before going into this game?
1: Yeah, I've known about Stray for a fair while. Um, and it's, as, as strange as may sound, only recently became a cat person. I used to prefer dogs a lot more to cats. Um, but then I got, Thank well, you. technically my brother got a cat called Thomas when I was living at my mum's. Mm. Me and him became fucking inseparable. He was like my shadow. He is also a Tom cat. So he's like an orange ginger cat. Um, so then when I saw the game, I was like, oh, damn, yeah. Okay, cool. Only recently, in like the past two months, I found out it was an Annapurna title. Mm. Oh, um, wow. I didn't know. I was actually looking on the Wikipedia just while you was talking, and yeah. it wasn't always Annapurna. Uh, these people basically started off with like a passion project. Mm, Um, and they posted some footage and Annapurna reached out and was like, Hey, that looks really cool. It looks really interesting. Can we fund it? Can we sell something So yeah. Um, that's kind of my exposure to it ever since I knew about it, I've been waiting for it and I was going to buy it further down the line. But then when I found out it was on the PlayStation plus mid tier, whatever one that is, um, And you can get a free seven day trial, which if you're listening to this Mm -hmm. and you want to play Stray, you can, even if you're already a, was a PlayStation Plus member, you can get a free trial of the mid and top tier um, Mm -hmm. for seven days, which is more than enough time to play Stray if you have the free time. Yeah, definitely. Not Um, a long game at all. No. So that was kind of like, I mean, I was going to play it anyway, but then Mm -hmm. obviously Kai made it his interstitial because he just completely judas Sci- He side sideswiped you yeah. into like... <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then he was like, psych. <laughs> just kidding. To be fair, I don't and think he I actually remembered remember- remember the game that you <laughs> talked about before. Ooh. He remembered the concept of it, but he was <laughs> like, I can't recommend a game that I don't know the name of. Photo Blah Blah
2: game. Well, yes, correct. Yeah, I literally could. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to play that game. The game, that, you the game that Ben told me to <laughs> play that we should play.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah um yeah and for myself and not not to speak for kai but we've been following this since its reveal trailer which i'm pretty sure was the ps5 reveal trailer back in june of 2020 which is wild that it was that long ago Mm -hmm. um but ever since we saw i mean the concept of this this cat game and obviously it had the attachment of annapurna so there was like i mean if Anna is back in a game up, then we're most likely going to check it out because it's Annapurna. and yeah. they haven't had a lot of misses except for twelve minutes. Um, but we, we, yeah, it depends
1: debatable. how you classify a miss. But yeah,
0: it's like the Zelda theory. It's like every Annapurna game is good, but that's a bad perna game. True. There you go. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, we've been following this game since its its reveal and had been excited for any bits of information. From its its initial announcement, and to hear that it came onto the PlayStation Plus middle tier was like, oh, that's that's genius, and it's cool that PlayStation is getting stabbling into those day one like exclusives too. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Stray is a timed exclusive. I think Stray is coming to other platforms, but at least for the time being, I think it's just on PlayStation. Um, but yeah, Kai, what about you?
2: Uh, yes, secondly to what you said. Um, yeah we saw it on the PS5 reveal a long time ago and I was like oh my god cats and this is everything i <laughs> it's, love. A, it's
0: the perfect combination of things
2: um also uh you know how surgeons uh, have those like little pagers uh that like in case like of emergency surgery you, do you have, have those when straight information out? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just on my belt at all just times. The, 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 feature. Feature, it just the Anna Page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it just comes up and it's like, cat game, must play. Oh, <laughs> shit. Did you watch, um, they had a whole
0: showcase that just happened like two days ago where they showed a bunch of games off.
2: You know I didn't watch that shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Don't remove me from this podcast. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I was incredibly excited to play through this game. And honestly, I was debating whether to play through it as a main series or whether to play through it as an interstitial and now playing through it i'm glad it was an interstitial because it is yep. very short mm-hmm. uh, yeah. even though it's not super short as far as it just feels short i think which we can get into as far as yeah. playing through it i think but, we clocked
0: like four hours in after the after i rolled credits it was like four hours
2: yeah um so yeah so that's when i first heard about it i was excited mm-hmm. to play it uh and we'll get into opinions
1: Yeah, Can I ask, because I feel like there's a small conversation just before we jump on about, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like a whole wider topic about the value of video games and how long should a video game game be, judging on the price and stuff. I heard you guys saying pre-recording that people were unhappy. Yeah. About the price of this game. Now, was that people think it should have been more? Because it says here it was thirty dollars, which to me feels like a fine amount.
0: Yeah, I I agree. No, I think people were saying that the game was too short, that it like needed to be. And again, I I, that was kind of stuff that I had seen flow by on Twitter. I don't know if it was like, oh, I wish I had more. This was great, or I paid thirty dollars and this was a four hour game. This should have been a fifteen dollar game for a four hour experience, or conversations like that. Because that is a conversation, but it. In my mind, that does make sense because that argument only works when it's convenient for you because then a game like Dragon Quest, that, that's like 100 plus hours or Persona, that's 100 plus hours. You should technically pay more for it because there's more content. But people will be like, no, nah, no, nah, $60 is good. But then if yeah. it's too short of a game, they're like, oh, I don't want to pay $60 for it. It's like,
1: well, can can I ask a question? Because I yeah. don't know in the States and the, do- the price I saw was $30, right? How much yeah. is a standard cinema ticket in the States? Depends well, on where you go, but like between like depends on
2: where and when, yeah, and mm-hmm. in what quality you see. So right, like your you standard like, movie theater ticket is probably like twelve to fifteen dollars. Right, yeah. if you're gonna go to like a premiere of something and you want to see like a you know an IMAX version of it, you're probably you want paying that cool like 4K
0: the 3D kind of shit or whatever.
2: By the time that you actually pay for the ridiculously mm-hmm. overpriced snacks, uh yep. and the gas to get to the movie theater, alcoholic you drinks at some places. Paid or alcohol drinks, or sushi, if you're real fancy, yeah. Um, you're at, like, hundreds of dollars. So, yeah, like, yep. that's two hours of okay. entertainment. S- yeah, that's what exactly. I was getting at, you know? Exactly. So, yeah.
1: let's say on average, by the time you do your gas and all of that crap, it's $15 a cinema ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Your average movie these days, they're getting longer because of fucking Marvel. But I'd say they're, <laughs> okay. like, between two and a two, two and a half hours. I feel yeah. like that's like the average time now. Yeah. So, a four and a half to five hour game, you can go completionist and you can get everything and it takes longer, but on average, how long to beat is saying between four and a half to six hours yeah. for thirty dollars. So mm-hmm. to me, if you compare it to another entertainment form like cinema, mm-hmm. for thirty dollars, you're getting four and a half to six hours of cinema. Yeah. So I, I think- don't I don't understand that argument. Yeah. I think this game was priced perfectly well. You know, I think if this was sixty dollars, however, I feel like I would have been annoyed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't know know why that lines there.
0: Right, exactly. Because what's what's the difference? I mean, all all that it comes down to is you know subjectivity. Like, is this game worth that price for you as the individual? Because I mean, some people would be more than happy, like, oh my gosh, I've been loving this game. I want this so much. Sixty dollars, like, I'll buy it, no problem. And then other people, Mm -hmm. that's not that's not worth my time. And it, it does help that this game is in like the PlayStation Plus thing. But even if it wasn't, I think I would have we would have bought this for thirty dollars.
1: Hands down. Yeah, thirty dollars definitely. Yeah. I just I don't know. I don't know where that line is in terms of where I go. No, yeah. that's too much for two little right. gameplay. And I think that's something that you have to decide as an individual. Like oh, you definitely. saying that sixty dollars is too much for
0: you is fine because that's you're ultimately buying and playing the game. But it's not a generalized statement, you know. Like if it if it is sixty dollars, like oh, this isn't worth sixty dollars more or less. It's not worth sixty dollars for me as the individual.
1: I I think like um not to spoil our ending opinions and stuff, but yeah, if I had played straight and paid sixty dollars for it, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been disappointed. If I had paid sixty dollars for a five hour game and it was awful, I would have felt a lot more ripped off than if I had spent thirty dollars on a five hour game that was awful. Right. And it gets so yeah, I guess it all just comes down to like subjectivity, like you said. You know, Mm -hmm. how do you think about it and shit?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Lesson learned.
0: Games are subjective, game price is subjective or you know if you guys don't want to pay full price for the game just wait until it's discounted because it'll get discounted you don't have to
1: play the game right when it comes out
0: yeah and then if you, you really want to clearly you're going to pay for the price of it
1: so. yeah i mean you do yeah. if you're like a capital g gamer like us you know you got to play stuff when it comes out it was part of that contract we were talking about earlier that mm-hmm. we had to play the games right when they, they will revoke your gamer card if you don't play that's this true. game what they want? absolutely uh, i also think
2: it's probably like if the main criticism of your game is like man i wish there was more of it even if it's in a negative sense it's like did a, it's not a bad exactly yeah, that's not a, a bad job, criticism you know, yeah exactly like, this game is broken and unplayable and i want my money back it's like okay well that's you know a different problem but it was just like i right. wish there was more of it and i feel like it was, there should be like, it's like, it oh, was
0: I funny know. when they um when Perna had the showcase that was happening, they tweeted out this picture that had like five or six entries, and they were all like question marks of like, "This is how many games you are going to release?" And then they quote tweeted it, and they did like Stray Two, Stray Three, The Stray. And, like there was like there was like sixteen of them, and they were like making a funny like uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe like joke, and I thought that was hilarious.
1: Oh, could you imagine that yeah. the stray universe straight the the stray. they all come together games. to fight the fucking zerks or whatever they're called
0: you play a different
1: cat yeah exactly
0: But yes, getting getting into stray, I kind of want to gauge kind of our your first impressions. And Ben, I'm curious with you because you were talking about you know cats and everything, and you just had a situation and experience with a cat. So mm-hmm.
2: going into this
0: was interesting, and especially in the beginning of this, this was a this first sequence was a lot more emotional than I <laughs> thought it was going
1: to be. But yeah, I, how did how did you feel about going into this game? Um, it was. uh I, I will say uh, off the bat, I don't want. Kai, I do not want you to feel bad. Okay, I was going to play this (laughs) game anyway. Um, For context, anyone who hasn't heard the end of the Quarry episode, like two weeks ago, me and Ellie lost our cat that we had, who was a ginger stray that we took in, and we had him for like six weeks. Yeah. Um, So immediately you boot up the game, and it's a close-up of this orange cat who's stray living with they're like siblings or something super and immediately immediately i'm like oh man and you can walk around and you're like nuzzling up to the other cats and shit ellie ellie was immediately teary-eyed like i saw her i saw her tweet
0: about it and she's like you want me to play this
1: cat game what (laughs) the hell man (laughs) yeah immediately like as soon as because when you boot up the game on the playstation it comes that all the playstation games have that like game screen that starts when it's beginning to load yeah and so it's just like waiting for it to come I'm like I know that this is coming along um it it for me it i don't know how to explain it mm-hmm. um it was it wasn't as emotional for me as it was for Ellie because mm-hmm. I kind of saw it as even though we only had Marmalade, it was our cat. We only had him for six weeks. I saw That's it exciting. as kind of looking back on the short time that we had with him. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Ellie Ellie was also looking back on the short time, but from a lot more emotional sense emotional of like, sense, he was yeah. astray, this cat's astray. Um, it was a weird crossover that happened there with us yeah, playing this game, yeah. the situation that happened. Yeah, I mean, it's just pure coincidence. Yeah, I... I anticipated the event that happens at the beginning that kind of separates you from the crew of the cats. Yeah. I I knew, I don't know what it is about it. Like, I don't know if it's because I've played so many games over my life. Look, like you, you, you attempt to jump a pipe from mm. one pipe to the other as the last cat and of course, the pipe snaps, and you yeah. fall down into an area, and you what's, are separated from the yeah. cat.
0: What's What's worse during this kind of intro sequence that's happening is it's like you know, as it's happening, you're falling, and the cat is like grasping at the edge, trying to stop itself from falling. And you get a close up on its face, and then it cuts to like its brothers and sisters looking over the edge at it, and then it just falls and it tumbles yeah. down like this hill and everything. And it's like, oh, this poor little cat, he's <laughs> yeah. trying um, to live his life.
1: So as um, as soon as the cutscene started and there was yeah. two pipes and a gap, I knew what was going to happen. You're like, no, nah. yeah, Ellie was um, Ellie was not prepared for it, no. um, and she did shed a tear or two, bless. But yeah, yeah, I, I immediately from the get go, I don't know, I don't know what mm-hmm. it is about animals, right? Mm-hmm. But immediately from the get go, as soon as I was like nuzzling these other kittens i was like if anything happens to this fucking cat i will hunt down annapurna <laughs>
0: yeah oh man no, no yeah it's something about like animals and games and animal companions and, and specifically with this one playing as an animal that you get this weird attachment to as well like this this game's weird where it's like i mean not many people have it where they kind of like relate to the character that, that they're playing as but this mm-hmm. one's more than any, it was like, okay, I'm I'm watching the experiences of this cat. You know, I'm clearly not this cat because it's a fucking cat. But like watching these things happen
1: to this cat, you're like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, yeah, little cat. We'll try to help you find your friends. Um, yeah. Oh, and don't get me this. The insult to injury is the fact that after that entire scene when you fall, the cat gets up and is walking around trying to it's see where, like and it's fucking limping, and that broke my heart because not only is this cat now in trouble, but like before marmalade passed that was one of the signs that something was wrong he began limping a lot and we thought that because he had very callous paw pads because he was a stray so we we thought it was something to do with that or maybe he had jumped off of the side and landed funny and hurt his shoulder or something right so when this orange cat was limping around all hurt i was like oh fuck no that's that I was like you. the tip in for for me yeah yeah dang
0: so sad but i mean this Ugh. playing as this cat feels i mean at least in my opinion you guys can chime in here too but it feels great like walking around as this stray cat and the mechanics of jumping on things kind of how that works with the playstation specifically is you tap X to jump onto any interactable that's around you, and if you are holding down the X button, you will just seamlessly jump onto the either jump onto things or jump down from things. You can hold the right trigger to run. It feels very fluid and very seamless too. I don't know how do you yeah. how do you feel about controlling little stray cat here?
1: Yeah, let's let's say Kai chime because I feel like he's been quiet. Yeah.
2: I think there is a not principle but yeah. a repeating theme in video games at least in my opinion that non-humanoid uh characters control a lot better than human it's characters. a weird concept think, isn't it and i think it's because we all have experience of what it's like to be a bipedal yeah. thing and mm-hmm. we know what that experience is like and so we compare it to our own and then when we play it through game we're like oh, something's off here and that's like, different like kind of we notice Valley, it more yeah you know kind of thing that goes on where you're like it's sort of right but it's not all the way right Mm -hmm. um but when non-humanoid creatures are portrayed it's like we have no experience of that and so we're very forgiving in that's what that could feel like and so i think that helps a lot in this but i mean it is super fluid there's not a ton of mechanical yeah it's not super especially in
0: the beginning it's not complicated really at all in its mechanics
2: um yeah it feels good the cat maneuvers well i think the cat's animations are really well done as far as walking around and like the limp looks realistic looks like what you think cat limping would look like Mm. the jumping looks good Mm -hmm. there's no part where i was like oh this is like a super cat like it's just like oh this is like a normal cat yeah the maneuverability is good and it plays really well in the environment which is nice there's not i mean i noticed hardly any clipping through any yeah. walls or and any assets. It is assets beautiful, the too. The
0: environment, the oh world God. is so pretty. Yeah, the environmental
2: design in this game deserves so many goddamn awards. Like, yeah, uh, It is better than most AAA titles that we play through. 100%. And not only that, but the amount of detail that mm. they were able to build into the world. Absolutely, And it's not a, despite the game being short, the world is not small. You go through these Not very at all. large, like open sections where you're exploring, and like no assets feel repeated, no textures feel repeated. Everything feels unique and lived in and realistic. Yeah. And even though it's this, you know, post-apocalyptic underground sci-fi <laughs> world, everything fits into that right. motif, and it just is a, it's an incredible experience to explore yeah. it. It's convincing, and especially seeing yeah, and especially seeing the world from a one foot off the ground perspective. Like everything works in that way, which is very interesting.
0: They they did a really good job with scale too. And I think that was Mm. probably something important when you're playing as a creature that's that small, that you had to nail that, right? Because I think that's where you could like we could probably see the problems in that. It's if we feel like we're a giant cat in this world or a normal cat in a small world, that's you'll you'll get some problems there. But they they did a really great job with perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I had some very, very occasional minor issues with Mm holding the X button and trying Mm -hmm. to get the cat to chain the parkour that I wanted it to Mm. in a sense, because like I sort of nine times out of 10, it was because of the camera angle, because the way, the way that it it works is that essentially the camera is like Mm -hmm. the cat's field of vision almost. So any Mm -hmm. ledge that has an X can be jumped to, but if you, even if you know a ledge is off to the camera, the cat, Sometimes we'll jump, but my nine times out of ten won't jump unless it can see it. Right, done.
0: Um, I was gonna say, yeah, when that when that little X comes up, and if you've like moved the camera at all to like even slightly get that out of your peripherals, then you're not gonna that 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 little prompt will go away.
1: Yeah, which I mean, in a sense, kind of makes sense to me. I can't imagine a cat just randomly like strafe jumping to the left for no <laughs> like reason parkouring off the wall Yeah, too much. <laughs> Um I yeah everything felt fluid. I yeah I really really like this. I was explaining this to a guy at work. I was like it's basically the parkour systems from Assassin's Creed one but it With works caps. so well. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can just hold R2 and hold X and just jump wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm.
2: Um it is, I also think that the way that those chains are designed don't feel forced or yeah. like mm. clear paths. like one of my critiques of Horizon the first one was that the climbing system was very clearly laid out of like yeah. you can climb this here's thing, this white or yellow strip so yeah, you can this climb the thing yeah whereas the way that it's designed in this game is so built into the environment and so varied as far as what you're able to right you know well it makes onto. it makes it, never you makes it feel
0: yeah, hundred percent. I mean, anything you think you can climb, you can climb. I and mean, that's the problem with Horizon is there's that illusion of being able to climb everything, and then you're there's you see something that you think you'd be able to climb, and you can't. Where in this instance, right. like we all have real world experiences, you know, jumping on boxes, jumping on a rail. If you see that and you think you can jump
1: onto it, you probably can. As this cat, yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's definitely um, that was one thing that took me a lot of getting used to. I think because. Mm. I'm I'm so used to games either like very clearly yeah. either very clearly being like this is the only way to go or mm. doing the yellow paint or the white paint or what have you. So the first kind of real mission you have in the game is finding this guy called Momo and mm-hmm. he lives in an apartment high up on the city. And for the longest time I was running around following these staircases and the staircases just kept looping me around on the ground floor of the city because you go up one but then you come down the other side right and it wasn't until i was just holding r2 and x running around the city that mm-hmm. the cat randomly jumped on a box onto like an air conditioning unit and i was like oh, I shit yeah. yeah i was like yeah. i can I don't why am I following the stairs I'm a fucking cat I can jump the side <laughs> yeah exactly and that that's that's interesting because that's something you don't think of because when you're walking
0: around those world and area you're like oh going down the stairs or walking like from a human perspective those kind of things that you can interact with you're like wait I'm a, I'm a cat I can jump on these small little crevices to exactly. get higher mm-hmm. elevation or, or to climb other areas which is which is so like cool
1: m- metal bars that are less than the width of the cat you can jump onto because the cat will kind of it's agile enough that it can land and Mm -hmm. it will stay steady yeah um
2: i I will say though there is a continued trope throughout the game of npc characters telling you pretty much the same line over and over and over again which is you're small you should be able to jump up yeah (laughs) you are nimble And it's like the first time it's like yeah and then like the fifth time you're like yeah i know Mm-hmm. I, I get how this game works. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Arguably the most important mechanic of this game, there's a meow
1: button, and I pressed oh.
2: it constantly. <laughs> Not well, an important mechanic of this game. Yeah. Is
1: a point important mechanic of this game. I would argue because before you reach the slums, mm-hmm. there is um so it's when you find B twelve, who is this robot companion so that key. follows you around, is also I didn't realize until today one of the the names of one of the co-developers of the game, the studio, is called, like, oh, um, B12. That. Like, that's their acronym or something. Um, right. Yeah, developer is Blue 12 Studio. So B12 is the, is the robot. And I, again, this was very early on in the game, I wasn't used to traversing as the cat. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, where am I going? And these screens appear that show, like, arrows saying, follow me and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I got to an area where I was like, there's no signs. I don't know where I'm going. So I just started meowing. And when I meowed, there was a string of lights and the lights went up Mm -hmm. to indicate that I had to go up. So it isn't important. I guess you can actually, um, when we eventually talk about like the Zerks and stuff, you can use Mm. it to distract the Zerks and pull them into one area and then run the other way. Mm -hmm. um but uh, yeah it's not i wouldn't say it's it's like not absolutely crucial do you know what i mean like it's not like oh i'm playing cod and this is a gun and this is the equivalent of the gun in stray like it's not like that at all
0: for for someone like me well, and Kai can definitely attest to this that while cutscenes are happening, while anything's happening, I'm pressing the buttons that I know don't do anything, because I'm a fidgeter. Having this meow that I know isn't going to be consequential or an important decision or something to my gameplay or affect something, I was like, oh sweet. And you can do it during cutscenes too. So I was like meow
1: I bump. wasn't that like ADHD with it. I was like so fun. It's fun to do, man. Well, so I would use it to do like things where so a character would be saying something that's like, Oh look, little guy, we, we managed and then you to like respond to fix him it. And I'll like be I'd press the button and like sort yeah. of and there was no consequence to it in the game, but for yeah. me personally, I was just like, Oh, that's funny. There's also yeah. I did that a lot too. There's also the mechanic of uh walking up to people and pressing triangle to nuzzle against their legs and mm-hmm. the So they're um they call them companions and they are yeah. essentially like these robots uh, that are... Yeah, humanoid, humanoid robots with, like, CRT TVs for heads. Mm-hmm. And when you nuzzle against their feet, their face on the screen will change to a love heart. And, adorable. And, uh, it was just adorable. You, can you, get, a, it you get a movie. trophy, too, if you do that for, like, 10 companions or something. If you nuzzle, like, 10 robots, you get a trophy ah, for that. It was um one of the guys you have to visit later on is, like, meditating while he's hooked mm-hmm. up to the Matrix or something. And... Oh, yeah. uh, you can nuzzle against him and there's about 20 screens in the background and they all turn into the love hearts it's fucking brilliant that's adorable
0: i mean there's there's lots of like fun little cat mechanics like that that initially don't have any purpose and then like they have some sort of a purpose like you can scratch walls you can like get your claws on the carpet
1: and then scratch your claws like that you can go and like what lay it, down on little cushions that that scratching does uh, initially i thought it was just a cool little fun thing like her. i'm gonna yeah it comes, in it comes but handy. yeah there are like side missions where i needed to get some detergent in order to get mm-hmm. wire cable to give to grandma who is this lady who knits stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can't get into the laundry shop but if you uh, scratch the door, he makes a comment about paint being thrown, and then there's guys at the top who are throwing paint cans from roof to roof. Yeah. And you can meow at the right time, startle one of the guys, make him He'll drop, drop the paint, and then the guy will come. It's also how you um
2: It's kind of like knocking. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like
1: knocking. Like you can open the door to the pub by scratching on the door and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um what did you guys think about the game not allowing you to make jumps it no you won't make like so there were times when i was going around the rooftops on the slums and i was looking at a gap and i was like i can make that i'm a cat you know i'm at an elevated level mm-hmm. that the roof on the cross the gap is further down but the game wouldn't let me jump it because there was no x prompt so would you have preferred being able to try and jump it and then like dying or injuring the cat or
0: uh i don't i don't know like I, and that never kind of crossed my mind when i was uh exploring and traversing the world if there was any time where i thought you know that i could jump to something mm-hmm. in the situation you're talking about like you're sitting on a vent and maybe across on the other building is is another vent and you're like oh i could get there uh i just e- either a thought I could get there in a different way. Like maybe there's another path that will lead up to that or it's just too far. Like I I can't, I can't make that. And I have to jump down and have to find another way across it. But no, I never kind of like, it was never blatant where I had to sit there and think about that. And it was like very obvious in my mind too.
1: Yeah. I I think for me personally, I think at first I was a bit like, Oh, that's bullshit. But then when I thought about it, I was like, no, that makes sense because it will happen sometimes, but very, very rarely do you see a cat attempt to jump a gap that it knows it cannot jump. They'll do like the thing where they kinda of like lean forward or like they'll put yeah. their arms out like thinking they That's might it, be able yeah. to jump it and they can't. They do they do that little like pounce stance and then they're getting yeah. ready and you see them size it up and then they don't do it you always see the videos um, where they
0: try doing that and they jump and don't go anywhere and then then
1: just fall like trying to jump yeah. off a bed or something yeah it's don't cats don't jump off of the bed the duvet will screw you over every yeah. single time <laughs> yeah for all you for our cat listeners out there
0: guys yeah. don't jump off they, the never duvet. they never learn they never learn they don't they don't unless you're our cats our cats are lazy as shit and they don't jump anywhere yeah they don't <laughs> jump. yeah they definitely don't, they don't um but, yeah, I think we've been talking about the city and exploring the city and everything. The city is called Dead City, and it's kind of the initial place you go to after falling off of the ledge as this cat. Um, again, the city has a great idea of perspective and and scale. Like, these buildings seem massive. They're huge. It's beautiful. It's very cyberpunk. A lot of neon. A lot of it's very dystopian. Mm-hmm. Um One thing that I really enjoyed about Dead City specifically that I might have gotten a little frustrated with at first, for one, it's really easy to get lost because there's no kind of map or anything like that in the game. And at first, again, I was like a little frustrated because I spent a lot of time running around and not knowing where I was. But in, in doing that, I really learned how to traverse this game i learned what areas and what things i need to climb on to get access to other areas like ben had mentioned before there's a character that kind of our main interest is finding this character named momo who's going to help us get to the outside or get out of this get back up to where we were before um Mm -hmm. and his apartment is on the very very top like almost the highest point of this this dead city and trying to figure out how to get up there was, was an interesting task. But once you do, it's really cool to like learn the environment and learn where things are. You know, like you talked about the the laundromat or the shop or the, the, the grandmother's house where the, she could do the knit poncho for you. You'll, you'll learn these points of interest without needing any kind of map, which I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah. And there are also um, street signs, signs. Yeah. which B12, our little robot can translate for us. And, it's interesting because the signs will have arrows pointing where they're going. Mhm. Like wayposts and then he'll translate them in order. So he won't show you the arrows. You have to look and go, "Oh, I'm looking for grandma's house. Grandma's mm-hmm. house is the third one. The third arrow is pointing east. I need to go east." Right. I mean, it, it might something might be something
0: that you're not supposed to like think too hard about, but they're like be translating it to cat, like is that how we're reading it? Are we supposed to just be like the player <laughs> knows? <laughs> like I, I I don't know. Again, it, it doesn't like pull me out of the experience or anything like that yeah. reading a sign you like this is where I need to go but it was an interesting thought that came up
1: yeah I mean for me I found that like because I spent so much time on the ground quote-unquote ground floor or first yeah. floor um I I got to the point where I kind of knew that area well like mm-hmm. I knew the yeah, the guardian was at the bottom at the shutters when I was looking at the guardian to the left is the musician to the right is Barterman. You know, I knew roughly where the pub was. So later on in the game, when I was traversing the rooftops and stuff, I didn't know where <laughs> I was on the rooftops. But then you I would look down. I would just go down to the ground, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, I'm at the pub. I know where mm-hmm. I need to go to get to Grand or whatever it was that I was doing." Yeah. So there's the, it's almost like this. Um, forced exploration but it doesn't feel forced if that makes sense no, like it not at all if it, it feels organic but you can tell that the game wants you to it spend wants you to time explore. traversing as a cat mm-hmm. absolutely yeah
0: do you have any thoughts on kind of dead city kai and, and exploring this the the city here
2: i think it's a good opening area for the game and i think yeah. it sets up the rest of the environments that you explore well mm-hmm. um there's not a ton of environmental diversity until you get to kind of like the end yeah, section the sewers and, and getting, getting out and everything sewers I mean, yeah. and then the jail is yeah. a different. and then the final area but um, yeah I mean I thought overall it set a good scene for what the game would be like and mm-hmm. also kind of did a lot of world building as far as introducing you to your companion that you travel around with which we talked about earlier b12 which is the flying robot and then all of the little human helpers that are walking around with their you know different emotions and different stories and ways you can interact with them um but yeah i thought this was a great i like the verticality of all of the environmental design absolutely i think that's what this first world does really well is it's like as ben said you can spend a lot of time on the first kind of level but as you build up and build up you kind of unlock it, a sense yeah. not really in like the I don't, gameplay mechanic and unlock yeah. other yeah
0: i don't know why it's it feels not not important but i love when games do this when they have a sense of verticality maybe because it oh, adds yeah. a level of realism or because as i'm in my own brain as i'm walking around any area <laughs> and i see buildings i'm like i can fucking climb that i'm not because i'm gonna like hurt myself but i was
2: like i, I could climb that if i if i, well, want. I also just think it's like you know a lot of games lock areas behind not being able to access them even though you yeah. should theoretically be in, in real life able to. So right. being able to get to those areas or like and I think that's what's so magical you know you've said this before about Breath of the Wild is mm-hmm. that when you stand on a plateau and you look at something in the distance it's you not just a there. render graphic you know that is loading in a background for the mm-hmm. lighting system it's like I can go there. Right? Yeah. I can walk from here and I can walk to there and that is a real place I can be. This is the same thing theory for this game of like, you know, if I look up three stories above me and there's, you know, a, uh, you know, some sort of balcony, I can go there, mm-hmm. go explore there. I can see what's there. I can talk to the individual who's there mm-hmm. or even the rooftops, like eventually as you're tracking down items to, you know, reunite the, uh, the individuals in the, I don't remember what the, the, outsiders. Is the outsiders, you know, outsiders, the yeah. outsiders, yeah. Yeah. When you're re- you, like you go up to the rooftop of the, the bar, where the radio tower is and there's like a dead robot i don't know mm-hmm. what do mm-hmm. he's not charged uh that's <laughs> like up there but you can kind of see an overview of the area mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool yeah it's really i
1: mean cool. i think that the verticality takes it from being assets that are acting like a city to being a city You know, it's not just when you go to the rooftops, it's not just a means to get to the next area. There are Mm -hmm. people who are throwing paint cans because they need them for work. There's a guy laying, looking up at the stars and sort of just chilling. Mm -hmm. There's people on like rooftop bars and people are drinking and like there's, yeah, it feels lived in. And Mm -hmm. what Kai was saying about with the outsiders and stuff, the way they do that's really cool because... There is no map, like Jared said. There's no compass. Yeah. The way that you find the outsiders is they all have a logo, which is essentially yeah. like a white smiley face on a blue background. And you find Momo, who's one of the outsiders, and you have to find his three friends who's lost contact with. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, B1212, you like, oh, let's go check out the abandoned flats that are in the city. Because... Mm as much as we keep saying it's a city, it is like a slum city. It's not yeah. like a true city pers- as you would know a city. Right. Um, but there'll be like an outsider logo sprayed on the side of a wall next to an open window. Yeah. And the game isn't saying to you, hey, here's the waypoint, go here. But you, can, you are high up enough that you can look around and you can see where the free outsider logos are. Mm-hmm. And so you know where to head. Yeah. And... It's a nice nudge from the developers of like, hey, you know, because I feel like when there's a waypoint, it almost puts this stress on you that like you have to do that. Mm. that waypoint is always there being like hey don't forget there's your mission there's your mission i mean e- even with like the those points of
0: interest specifically they again they feel so natural i mean we i had been on the roof before and i most likely had seen these things but never mm-hmm. knew they were important until i found the context to them you know they oh, had always yeah. they had always been there but until momo told us that like hey these are their symbols go find their journals when we went out we start noticing those points of interest but they were always there from the first place
1: I, mean, we I found walked, some journals before we even went to Momo. I walked yeah. through the library place, that guy's apartment that was just yeah. filled with books yeah i I walked through there like half an hour before I met Momo. yep, I had no clue what it was whatsoever, and then mm-hmm. it turns out that that's an outsider apartment, and mm-hmm. I need to get this like key item from there yeah it it does a really good job again for
0: encouraging exploration, like you can do all of those things, but it's having the context and it never feels like you get to somewhere and you know, you can do something, but you're locked behind it. It's just, you don't have the knowledge. Like with the, the book, the library specifically, like you knock over a set of books and there's a, there's a safe behind there, but you wouldn't Mm -hmm. have known the the code to the safe or even like, there's a hint about it being behind books until you've gone to Momo and learned those hints in the first place, which I think it it just feels really natural. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that repeats a lot through this game. Yeah. It's like things can be done in any order. Which is yeah, like yeah. the poncho that you do from grandma. Is oh, we got that really early on because I wanted a yeah, cat Got that. It wasn't even a fucking cat Yeah, pen, yeah. He thought it was.
1: I uh, also you know, thought a it was a, item. I thought it was also a cosmetic jar. I was really, wearing. I was yeah. really excited, and then I was kind of I was expecting like was. rain later on in the game, and I was going to wear my little poncho. I was really oh, excited, but it was so cute. Yeah,
2: so we did that, and then yeah. that ends up being used with a that. computer hacker yeah, who is cold. helping us yeah he was shivering too cold to use the keyboard yeah. um it so yeah that.
1: from what i understand do you do you mind if i go into the backstory a bit because i'm really yeah. interested in this backstory so no, same it's really interesting i i haven't um i haven't finished the game we'll say that mm-hmm. um i'm currently in midtown which is like three-ish chapters before the end so i'm a good yeah. chunk of the way through the game no, you're almost at the end there's not very much after midtown um so essentially the the premise of the game is that there is the outside, which yeah. is what we know as like the world where we live. Yes. And that's where we began the game. And for these companion robots in the slums, to them it's a, a mythical place that doesn't exist. Yeah. And if it if it does exist, it shouldn't be gone to. Right. And so you are going around with b12 and b12 can scan these places that, like that trigger his memories and he'll right. he'll start talking about how like oh the companions began simply as like servants yeah they were cleaners and things like that for the humans who lived here mm-hmm. um and my understanding is eventually over time The AI becomes sentient essentially, as normally happens in like sci fi stuff. Over time, they began to develop emotions and stuff. And we see that later on with Seamus, who gets reunited with his dad. Like, there's Mm -hmm. very obviously emotions that they can feel. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but they still can't. I don't know about the shivering, that didn't make sense to me, because you talk to someone later on who's like, oh, I love the smell of like new paint or something, but they can't she's like, oh no, wait, I can't smell. So it it doesn't it doesn't line up fully. But Hmm. essentially, from what I understand, there was two either I've so again I've not finished yet. Either Hmm. the outside world became uh, heavily diseased or something mm-hmm. and that pushed yeah. people underground in order to avoid it mm-hmm. or the biohazard that they're referring to are the zorks, which are the game's enemies that yeah are essentially and, these weird pink blobs that will eat anything, anything. metal yeah. You're you're right on both counts because that's what happened the
0: outside world had become inhabitable so human humanity was forced to live underground in these kind of large domed areas. The drawback to that was they once in there, now they cannot leave. They cannot open. They don't have access to this. Um, and, and the zerks were a creature that I am assuming had lived underground. And like you said, they started out e- eating anything, they would eat humans and everything, and humanity slowly would whittle away. But now these new robots, these these have higher intelligence, they kept the city going on, they continued to flourish. And there's even a character you can talk to that said like they got to a point where the Zerks like they now eat metal. Like there was mm-hmm. a there was their conclusion they came to that they started eating people. So then even the the robot companions didn't try to go to the outside. I mean there yeah. obviously with some individuals we hear from talking to other characters that people have tried to go and explore and they had never heard from them and then never came back. And part of that is because of the Zerks. They kind of have been trapped down here because of those creatures.
1: Mm-hmm. And so it's this like post apocalyptic yeah. pandemic world where the True. inhabitants, yeah, the inhabitants <laughs> can't return to the surface if they wanted yeah. to because of these zirks. Right. So it's like a double trouble situation. Hmm.
0: And even I mean, going into the Zerks a little bit, because you come into contact with them and have to kind of interact with them as the cat, and there's not really a lot you can do in the beginning to fend them off. It's just running away. Um, but if you get captured by them, it is an aggressive animation. You they'll oh start jumping, Lord, they'll start jumping on you and you have to tap circle to hit them off, and you can kind of shake them off, continue
1: running. But if you don't, they'll just devour you and then you're you're if you if you get one or two you can kind of shake them off. If you yeah. get mobbed there, and this was, this was Ellie's second cry because, oh. um, ugh, dude, it, like you said, it's un like, it's I aggressive. was not expecting how violent it is. Yeah,
0: I was not I was like, Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's, I, like for instance, this?
1: like the, at some points in my game, the cat would start like bugging out and clipping out because so many Zerks were on it, trying to eat it. Mm-hmm. And so it would start, like, spinning violently or, like, sort of jittering and moving weird. And I was just like, oh, this is really uncomfy. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. So this leads to one of my gripes with Mm -hmm. the story, Mm -hmm. which I think is the only thing that I have an issue with, really. But so, so when you encounter these for, I think, the second time and really, like, the first time you're encountering them in a sense of, like, getting to a new area is after mm. you talk with momo and then you locate the rest of the outsider journals which yeah then tells us that there's a weapon that someone named the doc he was working on building yeah. I, forgot working on. I forgot what they call it i forgot what they call it
1: it's out in the observance z- or something we're gonna call it the light gun yeah.
2: the light gun yeah pretty much it shoots um, so we end up going out with momo and he is like no i can't do this there's too many of these little demon zerks um and so we go and find doc and end mm-hmm. up reconnecting his generator uh which gives his light gun power. power right um which is like one of those old-timey flashlights it's like the big circle yeah. like the handle on it mm-hmm. uh and then like immediately after that he's like oh let me install. I think it's demyelizer. Demy- I, I'm demy- trying. Demy- I'm looking demy- for the. I'm
0: demy- looking for the thing right now.
2: Uh, he's like, oh, l- let me install one of these on your little robot, and I was like, really? Because what it looks like to me is you have to have a giant ass gun directly connected to a generator for this to work, and he's just like. Oh, bet I can build one of these into this pre-existing what? robot in like five minutes.
1: So yeah, like... he's like, he's like, oh, I need the generator because this bad boy takes like 1.5 gigawatts to turn it on. Yeah. And so when yeah. he when he installed it on the robot, I was like, I I don't know if that's a good idea. And lo and behold, it's not a good idea. Yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> um, because what happens is. The robot understandably can only power such a powerful fin for such a short amount of time. And if you you end up with like a a meter next to B twelve that will show how quickly it's overheating, and once it becomes red, it overheats. You can't use it for like five or six seconds. It has to cool down. Um I did not know that. The game didn't prompt me to be like, hey, um here's this meter don't let it overheat the guy mentions about not letting it overheat <laughs> yeah but he, like he does say that he says don't let it overheat but the game again maybe it's just me used to how other games work like the game doesn't physically yeah. say to you this is the overheat meter keep right. an eye on it, it. it took me a while to figure that out too
0: and i was like why is that real like, quick you know oh, you, you, you definitely real learn learn fucking real quick, quick.
2: <laughs> yeah you go back outside and you try to fry Zerks, which is very satisfying. I mean, oh, the animation, yeah. they kind like of just pop uh, when they when the light and it's kind of like UV light. Like it's just a purple light that you emit. Yeah, from they're, they're like weak. They're like
0: weak against harsh lighting or extreme lighting or something like that.
2: It, but yeah, it's maybe five seconds mm-hmm. of time. And then your little robot sparks and it's yeah. another five seconds of waiting for it to recharge as you get completely dominated by Zerks. Yeah. So, it's very wow. similar. You were, you were real quick that it's not, a, it's not forever. It's very I, just, I think it's like they, they could have done that more gracefully. Where yeah. It's not just like, I invented this thing that barely works, and now I can install it in a tiny robot with a battery because yeah. I'm smart.
1: Well, so Ooh. two things. Like, Firstly, the, the way the UV works on the Zerk's is very very similar to how the uv works on the vampires in the first blade movie if anyone has watched that Mm.
2: weirdly specific (laughs) weirdly
1: specific reference but it's because i watched it quite recently but um if if you're trying to envision it it's very very similar to that secondly i fall so um when we meet b12 he explains like oh hey there's yeah. this really cute moment where he's like, oh, I, I have this backpack you need to put on for me to be able it's to, adorable. I love to it. be stored in the backpack and essentially yeah. charge myself and that. Um, and it does that typical thing. If you've ever seen videos of people putting a harness on a cat for the first time. you've done it yourself. Or if you've done it yourself. Like the, the backpack is put on the cat. And a cat standing there, and it just flops straight to the side. And I was like, "Okay, that's adorable." Even when you are walking, it like walk slowly because it's not used. to
0: Equilibrium is in its like its torso there, so it's like trying to walk around and stay stable. Oh, is that
1: why it is? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. It was okay, interesting. Um, so I assumed that Doc, I assumed that Doc was either just going to hold the gun Mm -hmm. and just shoot the Zerks himself, or attach the gun to my backpack. So that B12 could maybe turn it on, and like in game, Mm -hmm. I would press a button and it would just emit a light directly in front of where I'm facing. Yeah that was kind of my initial fault i was like okay he's gonna keep this super strong light and it's just gonna be attached to me right i
0: mean we i mean you're right the whole like attaching the weapon to the robot was weird but we do already have a pre-existing like flashlight mechanic like if you smack l1 then you turn on a flashlight and then i forgot what but you hold another button while your flashlight's on which turns on the uv thing but no you guys right like how he just, like, kind of, like, haphazardly attached this in, like, a couple minutes to this robot, it, it, even though he said it needed, like, a gigawatt of power or something. He's like, ah, uh, okay.
2: I the sure. other thing that I don't understand about this laser beam lore is that <laughs> laser when lore. you turn on the generator, mm-hmm. it's a switch. And that alerts a lot of Zerks. Right. Uh, that you're in that area. And what you have to do is you have to run back to Doc, he's mm-hmm. right. living in this house thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my mind, if it can literally explode a zerk, it can probably explode a cat. I mean, those two things are very similar. These zerks are not like some magical metal being, I mean, they're just little creatures in a world.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I mean, my only
2: like headcanon to that
0: is like they live underground, so like they're sensitive to light, so then like severe light hurts them, but I mean,
2: but like, okay, you're running back. And he starts shooting to the right of you yeah, because that's where they're coming from. And I was like, oh, not only do you have to avoid the Zerks, but you're going to have to avoid the light that's coming down mm-hmm. as well. Because, I mean, logically, I thought that made sense. Nope, yeah. just run right through it. I, I, I just a assume lo-
1: long exposure, you might get Chinese some, like,
2: cancerous uh, things, things,
0: but... Yeah, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I assumed
1: like- that, like, like Jared said, that... There's some sort of law that we're not told about how it's like designed to work with the molecules of the zerks and break them down at a cellular level or something. Mm. But like you said, it's a fucking UV death ray. So, like, not not great to be shooting around at any living entity, regardless.
2: Honestly, if I could take one thing out of this game, it would be the, the death ray thing. I don't think it's needed. Like, I would much rather have played through a game of a bunch of puzzles yeah, I think where what, you have to decide to go the right way Yeah. instead of, like, I think what they, what they did, did too. Sort of okay
0: yeah, is they tried to, like, implement the laser with, like, the puzzles by adding more Zerks of having, like, to try to just drive home the fact that these people have been stuck down here because of this massive amount of Zerks that are down here the insurmountable amount of them it's like oh if you put a lot you know outrunning them outrunning them is not going to be a thing so we have to give them a weapon to try to kill them
1: is that not counterintuitive to the point though because if yeah. the zergs are such a threat that these people have been stuck here having this weapon that can now kill them yeah takes away some of the that punch of like oh these organisms will kill you right if you cannot avoid them
2: rather have had it been and i can't believe i'm saying this because i have endlessly shit on this game i would rather have it been like the rats (laughs) uh, (laughs) what is that fucking game plague tale a plague tale. yes I would rather have it been, like, where the light blocks them off so they can't get past it. Yeah. And, like, use that as a mechanic like where you have to maneuver less, the world, yeah, yeah. solving puzzles where you put right. the light. Like, less they explode and, that, that, and, like, if
0: they touch it, like, hurts them, so they just avoid the light in general. Like, they'll scatter. Yeah. And if you, so
2: they just, you can block off sections and then yeah. go around. Yeah. And yeah. And like That's You can simple. use B12 as your companion to block certain areas and get across, and then it can fly to you. So, so um, it's it's
0: the making them explode that you have an issue with, that, like it, them exploding. Just the
2: mechanic itself is a weird choice in a game where it's yeah. like there was no need to add a... Right. I mean, oh, like, very, very soon mechanic, after you get it, it, it
0: gets taken away from you anyways too. Like you lose yeah, you know, the right. ability to do that, which is interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah, but while you have it, it also takes away from the suspense and the tension I felt of trying to outrun these Zerks. The very, yeah, I just slapped my, my laser on oh dude, the very very first time you see them there's like two of them scuttling about and you just think, oh, that's like this game's version of a rat. Like a rat, yeah. Yeah, they're just like in the trash on the floor and you follow them and it turns out they've like ambushed you and have led you down this alley where all of their buddies are waiting and you're gonna get jumped. And so you start running and these fucking fins are just coming out of the pipes on the side. You have to like swerve and avoid them and you have to time like by holding x but you still have to jump on the correct place at the correct time it's Mm. extremely tense i found myself when i had the light gun thin just kind of ever so often just like holding l1 for about three seconds and letting go just so that anything in front of me was dead and then i would just keep running i all gone no, can you finish with that? No, I was just going to say, like, I, I would have preferred it to be, like, how it was later on. There's a section, there's a couple of, like, puzzly sections where you mm-hmm. have to meow to attract the Zerks into an area and then have B-12 hack the door. Like, lock them so in so you, you can go around and have be safe. Yeah. yeah, there was a section where it was, like, two doors and you you hack the door to let them into the area you're in. Yeah. and then you have to jump over this fin and hack the door on the other side to lock them off so that they can't follow you. Right. Which also raises another question in a weird way, because everything we use to block them off, and everything we use to create a divide between us and them is metal. Mm-hmm. Now, surely uh, killer organisms who want to eat everything in their
2: path would, would do anything through to do the
1: metal to get to you.
2: Also, you can jump on a box that's like one foot high and they get very confused and mm. suddenly don't know what to do uh i mean i think they can't eventually get to you if you stay there long enough I was like, there is time like to try jumping on a up. ledge and they like
1: followed me up there and it's hot yeah, yeah like, they, they oof, like, like world war z there. up the side and you like use start climbing to like up climb. each other yeah <laughs> but yeah. It, it does raise this whole kind of question like they they emphasize how these creatures will eat anything and they eat metal and they're absolutely ravenous, and yeah. if you put a fence between you and them, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, cool, see you later, bro." Well, also yeah. they don't eat any
2: of the environment. Yeah, which you would like if they're ravenous, they're eating everything. Then they would eat the environment. Yeah. They would eat the boxes that are laying around. They would eat all the metal that's laying they're around. They're almost they don't. like
1: um, they're they're almost like this game's version of like locust, which yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, so. I random tangent. When I was younger, I had a bearded dragon, and.
2: Oh. I had a pet locust. You no, had a pet. No. No, we,
1: we, bought, um, we bought locusts for them because we used to feed him crickets. But they yeah. didn't have any crickets, so we bought locusts. Now, we'd never had locusts as food for the lizard before, and what the woman in the pet shop didn't tell us is that when you keep locusts, you have to put some sort of food source in the because t- they come in this like plastic tub with holes in so they can breathe. You have to put a food source in there because otherwise they will get hungry and start to either cannibalize each other or I eat, eat the... their way out of the plastic. That's and wild. That's exactly what happened. We didn't feed them. We put half Ooh. in one day and then the next day or day after we were going to put half in again and they were just not in there. And there was tiny little holes in the plastic box and they just chewed through the plastic and then were in it's my terrifying. room. So we had to drag everything out and find these fuckers. So to me, like Kai said, Yeah. In theory, where the Zerks go, there is nobody. Because that's uninhabited. People will not live there. So there shouldn't be these rooftops with pipes everywhere and right. metal at least like bites out of them and chunks miss, like like some kind of exactly. decrepit city that looks like,
0: looks like oh clearly there's no people and there's no robots for these creatures to eat oh. but they've now started eating the environment they're so hungry well it's
2: not like, only that but the only thing separating <laughs> the Xerx from the initial area is like a submarine door
1: oh yes yeah, like a hatch like a hatch door isn't it's it it's like a hatch Which metal door. So they can eat your metal yeah, and
2: it's... they can chew through the door and get to all the people that they want to eat. Anyway. I, I yeah, I,
1: I feel bad like sort of Duncan on the game for, but at the same time, if you set up the big bad to be that way and to be this mm. ravenous force that's going to eat anything, including metal, right. you can't then have metal separating them from the living world and have puzzles that involve you trapping them behind metal in order to escape. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if that was this the, the situation, I would have rather them just, like, let us have the
0: um laser light through the entire of the game, because then you just kill them, and that would make more sense. Like, if they mm-hmm. are behind the fence, or if they are, like, anywhere, and they will, like, slowly eat their way through, and then the shooting with the laser like that, that would have been fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a convenient enemy. Yeah. That, you know can do some things that you wouldn't right. do and, and do even others, and
0: even in is, the moment it's like like obviously you when you break down and, and dive deep into these things you can find some holes but in the moment it never
1: seemed like oh this yeah. shit this thing should eat me through the like it, I, I was never pulled out of the experience maybe maybe i'm that, that person a little bit then because when i was trapping the Zerks behind that mm-hmm. metal door it's, it's not even a metal door it's like a fucking chain fence and i was just like yeah. You're these weird genitalist <clears throat> fins. like what you can't even squeeze through the gap in the chain fence or like you said, it's World War Z each other and get over the top of them. Yeah. Like, these are just and, like normal fences. I mean, in an ideal world, I would have liked to have seen like um, almost like, a, like an entry zone that was mm-hmm. sort of just guarded by all of these light guns and have it so that yeah. they can't be taken away from that entry zone because they require fucking one and a half gigawatts to be run. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once you leave that zone you're just kind of left to the fucking lay of the land and hope that you can outrun these Zerks and you don't mm-hmm. have a way to sort of fight them off. And okay, like we said, it yeah. gets taken away from us, but it's just, it's almost like a contradiction of itself, yeah. which is really confusing when you start looking at the game critically.
2: Yeah, you bring Doc back to the initial city and reunite him with his son, which is very lovely. He's very Though nice. I have no fucking clue how robots have children. Um, have you never seen explained. the robots movie?
1: Like Rodney, Co- no, Rodney Copperbottom? Come on, yeah. that's, that's they put them together. They, they build them. Yeah, That's, a, they, that's, the same universe. that's, that's robot a, propaganda.
2: Spiritual successor to <laughs> the to the robots movie exactly. in like 2006. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you reunite them. Uh, Momo's excited. The yeah. doc is back, and then he's like, "We need to go find yeah, Clementine right. and Balthazar." Yes. Um, I don't know if it's actually Balthazar. It is
0: Balthazar. Yeah,
2: it's. It's the it's it's Balthazar. Uh,
0: I don't know what, uh, Z, yeah, that means, I don't know but. how that affects <laughs> exactly, but the Balthazar well, and Clementine. I think Balthazar oh, yeah, is so the first it's mine, Balthazar.
2: Clementine and Balthazar, and this leads to one of my personal favorite scenes in this game, which is you get on a raft of logs that are tied together with Momo pushing it along. Yeah, and the tunnel tube into the sewers it's this like l- red glowing light that yeah you just like go down and it looks like you know in greek mythology you've paid the boatman to mm-hmm. take to yeah you're well. on the river sticks now That's yeah exactly it, it's, a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful scene when you yeah. enter in and this the, into the sewer section
1: it's also really cool as well because it's small little moments like that that I'm like, yeah, I'm a cat because I was sat on yeah, the exactly. end of the raft watching this kind of yeah. beautiful scene. Jared, I, <laughs> made, I made Jared a joke, like a paddle board yeah, team. like you and the people paddleboard with like their dogs or their cats
0: yeah. on so their paddleboard. <laughs> That's
1: exactly what I thought of. Yeah, and the cat, the uh, cat will like sit down at the end of the raft and just kind of yeah. look around.
2: And of course, because this game is mean uh suddenly momo has to self-sacrifice himself to open a door for us yeah to keep it like cracked open at the bottom that we can crawl through yeah and he's like go on with that me. happens a lot tell inside. my friends i w- tell my friends i was brave yeah. <laughs> i was like oh fucking yeah
1: it's um oh, no. it makes him a martyr right it's like a sacrifice right. yeah. for the great because yeah. they keep calling us the little outsider which is adorable, adorable. I think. yeah and so he's yeah. like you know again it's like kai said it's like oh the little outsider is agile and nimble and small and so is our one hope for escape into the outside yeah one cat they
2: also give us a all. pin yes yeah. a what they, i think they, they they give us a pin yeah he like gives, us of, gives us a little outsider
1: logo whatever. pin yeah, so that yeah. when we go we're and part see of God, the group Doc's like, oh, you're the little outsider. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Balthazar, and this is kind of our first,
0: besides the slums and the De- Dead City, our first kind of change of environment. I mean, it's, aesthetically, it looks the
1: same, but this is a big tree? Is that what they're like? Or a Do big you know tower? It what me it me of? Super cool. Yeah. Um, that ant village. It's very, very cool. Ant village, it's cool. It reminded me of yeah. the Rio village from Breath of the Wild. Yeah, where that's the same items feeling- I kind of got.
2: Or it reminded me of the... Uh, in Arcane. That's what I was thinking The, the tree it's in the, Arcane. When yeah. it echoes, yeah. yeah. When e- they enter, like the realm where Echo is the leader of, and yeah. you go underground, and that's like the giant yeah. tree. But it is have, literally absolutely.
1: just like an entire village that is built around this massive tree. Um. Yeah. And we are greeted by the robot who is like, "Oh, you're the little outsider. Balthazar's waiting for you. He's meditating at the top of the village." Yeah, and, so, and this was the guy that you were talking about, that he's kind of like sitting in the middle, surrounded by a bunch of
0: television screens. Yeah. By a bunch of screens, yeah. yeah.
1: And so you, um, oh, this is the moment um, where we get some character development for B-12. Some juice, some juice, yeah. Yeah, so the whole time B-12 has been saying to us, like, I was made for a purpose, I want to yeah. be reunited with the scientists right. I used to he work like with. It's like gaps because in his we memory and
0: everything,
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, through the game, you're collecting these memories. There's, like, these little sparkles. floating square sparkles. Mm-hmm. And B12 will, like, kind of suck yeah. them in. Uh, and that will be, like, memories that he unlocks as you go through. And right. there's, like, core memories. I don't know or- yeah. what the difference but between the blue the orange, small sections. The orange the ones, the orange I think, large. are, like,
0: the story memories that you unlock. And there's maybe about six of them. And then underneath, there's about, like, 12 to 15 smaller, bluer ones. And these yeah. are optional memories.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, so you unlock a core memory yeah. in this section. Yeah which freaks him out where he realizes that he is an uploaded form of the doctor of the scientist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he is a sentient being that has been put into this tiny little robot body. Yeah. And he, or I guess and it, it's interesting. Like sentinel body. It's
0: interesting in that too. Cause then when you try, cause you use him to interact with everybody, he's essentially your translator in talking to these yes. individuals. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, when he finds out that he was the scientist that he was remembering being with, it, when you go to interact or talk to somebody, he's like, I just, I need a moment.
2: I can't, right? I, I can't. Like I can't right now. I don't feel like talking. It's like, "Oh Which, wow, that's a cool little touch."
1: Fucking crazy because I oh, swear yeah. I've played games before where characters have these massive revelations and then it's like, "Onward with the adventure." Exactly. As he's as like, the- "Guys, I need a moment. I can't. I can't
0: <laughs> like, do this."
2: I'm a human? That's fucking weird. All right, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah but exactly. he's he's like,
1: "I uh, I'll stay with you," but like you said, he there's a couple of times you can interact with people once or twice and then afterwards it's just grayed out and is not an option at all. Yep, mm-hmm. um, which I liked because you yeah. Yeah. you realize like what is it? It's like some sort of machine and basically mm. the scientist was ill and walked into the machine and basically the machine uploaded his consciousness into right. B12 it'll, it'll be 12.
2: It looks like a cryo chamber Yeah. It yeah. looks it's like like tied to the bottom of the tree It looks like, like Buzz bulking.
1: Lightyear's rocket from Toy Story Just all white It does kind of look like okay. Buzz
2: Lightyear's rocket from Toy Story I'm gonna be honest. That does not conjure any images in my mind.
1: But <laughs> Age gap um, is showing there.
2: We um, watched Toy Story. Yeah, but I, I watched remember.
1: a lot of Toy Story because. <laughs> <That's valid. laughs> um, so yeah, we we make our way up this place. Did you guys jump on the guy's dominoes table? Oh, of course. To- I, when they I walked up there, I, like, and- I was like, you know? I was like,
2: I was like, Ki-. I was like, don't do yeah, that. I was like, do you and think I'll mess like, it up if I jump I'm up like, there? And I was like, yeah. Don't do that! He did it immediately, yeah. and dominoes go everywhere. They're both like fucking. whatever. Well, I guess we're done with this game. I was like, they've been playing that game of dominoes for thirty-seven years. Look, I ruined
0: I, it. I, cats. I've had lots of cats, and I've had lots of asshole cat moments in my life. It was it was good to be on the other end of that for once. So, but I was the thing like, is, you, know you best
1: believe any paint can that I can, any object, oh that absolutely, a triangle
0: prompts that could be knocked off a ledge got knocked off a ledge. See, now we know. We always like you see the cats knocking cups off the tables, and you're like, oh, they're little asshole. It's really just a good time, and now we know yeah. that.
2: Yeah, and in some instances, it comes in handy. Like the next section, you have to do that exactly. Kind of. so, uh, exactly. So-, so you make your way up the tree. Yep. And and we find Balthazar mm-hmm. meditating mm-hmm. with his seven hundred CRTVs. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the only piece of electronics that could make it through the Great—exactly the Great <laughs> I mean, Purge of—yeah, of, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, We of- can
1: make sentient companions, but we can't yeah. do any kind of plasma, LCDs? LCDs, nothing. Yeah. Not for sure. <laughs> no, no. yeah. But our, our, our next objective is to find Clementine, who is
0: the last of these outsiders in.
2: That's what he tells.
0: In them, yeah. Midtown, and Midtown's probably my favorite part of this section what we learned here is even when humanity was pushed into the brink of extinction and underground they were still segregated by class the slums and dead city was definitely like the underclass definitely the poor and then we have ant village and then midtown is definitely like the big bustling city you see
1: cars and you see a lot of lights not just that also like you couldn't get from the slums to midtown yeah. It just was not possible. The only way to get to Midtown was through the Ant Village, and you had to ascend up the side of the tree, which, of course, only the little outsider yeah, can do. Can right. do. You're, kind of, you're kind of stuck
0: in your class at this in this world.
2: Yeah, I mean, they also... I, I don't know if they did a great job of explaining... Because when you get to Midtown, you find this roll-up door, mm-hmm. which is a like memory that B12 unlocks immediately as you get there, where he kind of talks about this class segregation yeah so like it's not clear at what point this all happened that's true if like this, was, if this was happening now the, or it is because of the zergs yeah. so or is it humanity i see because it almost seems like b12 always talks about the environment in the terms of when they were alive yeah which would have been when humanity was, was still, still around right the doctor who created him and is like oh i remember this this is how we separated you know, the areas was this, like, big door. It was the only point of access to Midtown mm. from the other sections. Um, and so it's hard to, in this game, kind of figure out, like, okay, well, was that, you know, did this all happen when humans were around? Yeah, That, like, these areas were permanently separated? Or is this, like, only in the robot version... Of you know Midtown and the slums where it's like they've been separated. So yeah, I don't know if they did a super clear job, but also there's no one who would know. B12's only experience is when humans were still around, so it just talks about things in that in uh, that context. Absolutely. Yeah, but the
1: first thing we encounter in Midtown, along with that, is the train. Mm. Um, there is a train on a subway platform, and at the moment it's not operational. Um, yeah, we. I thought this was really clever as well because we know we need to find Clementine because uh, Balthazar was like, she's the one who knows how to get to the outside. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he gives you a picture of Clementine and he's like, it's him and Clementine together and he says, show this to her and then she'll know that it's me who sent you. Mm-hmm. And... Dad. Oh, yes. And so you... I can't remember who... Oh, no. So you I was talking to one of the residents of Midtown and you can choose to show them an object and they'll like look at it. So I showed them the picture of Clementine thinking, right, try to find out where she is. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I know Clementine. It turns out she's wanted um, and there's like wanted posters all over the city and everyone's like, I don't know who that is. But on the back, they're like, oh, there's symbols on the back here. That's a street name, a floor number, and a door number. Right. And when you interact with the object in the inventory menu, it shows you, like, there's only one residency area, so you don't have to worry too much about that. But it will show you, like, there's red dots and green dots. One of them's the floor. Yeah, green dots is the floor, and then red dots is the room. Yeah, so it's, it's four, three, flat five. Yeah. Exactly. And, and when you go
0: to up, there, that, that isn't actually like it's kind of boarded up. Like that, that room doesn't sense. exist. So there's a kind of
1: small crawl space that you can get through that leads you into that into the area. Yeah. Where you can actually
2: convenient like... to have a cat sized colon. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> exactly. um,
1: what is it? It's like a window. They've like boarded up the window except for yeah. this tiny gap. Know. Yeah. Well, there's not even a I door don't know anymore, is there?
2: It would do since A, we're underground, B, it's like a. Boxed apartment building. Right. So it's like three sides Well, again, courtyard. There's
0: no door, right? We only know it's five because
1: of the, r- no, the room real- next to it's four. Yeah. There's not even a door on that four. one.
2: Yeah. There is a door. Yeah, yeah. And you can interact with there's it. There's a door, there? but
1: it's boarded it's boarded over by a massive plank of wood because it has mm. the yeah. oh, wow. it has the plaque next to it that has three dots and then five red dots. Yeah, but, so basically it looks like um I'm assuming the idea is that because she's a wanted fugitive, they have boarded off her flat so she can't get to her stuff essentially because she can't yeah. access her property she can't do whatever it is she's doing that's illegal
2: you do have the option before going up to the top of the flat of talking to the people at the bottom of the mm. courtyard uh, and one of the they're like cool kids mm-hmm. I think. yeah that's they're like, the exactly they're like listening to they're listening to music down at the bottom and you talk to one of them and he says oh you can help me out by uh, jumping on all the cameras yeah. and deactivating them. Yes. Um, which, which we learn is an essential process to to continue. Yeah, one of those instances in this game where you're like, that's a side quest, and you're like, that's not a side quest. Mm-hmm. That is, that is crucial
0: for continuing the main story. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: So if you, if you do jump on all the cameras, which there's three of them in that area, yeah. uh, he gives you the cassette, uh, which is then used later in the game. Yes, yes. so
1: I have not used that yet, mm. um, but oh. when I went into the courtyard, I immediately tried to pick up one of the tapes from his feet immediately tried to interact with it. Mm -hmm. And I think his name's Simon. He was like, hey, man, that's stealing. You can't do that. Like, if you want to... He's like, but if you want one, I've got something you can do. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what's weird about this area is that there are these robot police, essentially, called the Sentinels. Yeah. And they are the Mm -hmm. people trying to track down Clementine. And they are also the people who have installed these cameras in the residency. And from what I understand, I I don't want to say oppressed, but they're, they're stopping these free robots from playing their music and mm-hmm. essentially being quote unquote antisocial. So that's what the cameras are for so that they can be watched.
2: Mm. Even in robot society, people are being oppressed. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just creative freedoms taken away from them. So um, I jumped on the cameras and yeah. And then you go yeah. downstairs and they're all listening to their music and one of them is yeah. do- doing the robot because anytime there's a robot and they dance, they have to do the robot. Yeah. That's like an unwritten law. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's just part of the, that's just part of the,
2: the, the life, you know? Yeah. You got it. Mm-hmm. So you venture into Clementine's uh, abode. Right. Uh, where she lives. And it's a big house apartment. It's very nice. It's yeah. like
1: a two a bedroom apartment, apartment and like yeah. fucking yeah. nice, man.
2: Right. Uh, and you go to the back, and she uh, kind of pops out, and is going to hit you with something. Yeah, she's got like the pixel and lamp then, in her hand, and she's like ready to yeah, hit you. Yeah, She's like about to like fucking kill you. Oh, she's, a she's like, oh, I thought you were, I thought you were a zerk. Uh, and then she sees the little badge, and she's like, oh, you're an mm. outsider. Yeah, exactly. La di da. Yeah, and she she uh, you and tasks then-
0: you for to get the what what she needs is the atomic battery. That's what she's yes. she's looking yeah. for. That's what we have to our our task to find, and that's kind of sets up this. "Quote unquote trading sequence that Ben was kind of talking about, where we kind of need the cassette tape, and then
2: we have to find uh, this individual. Laser, sort of, yeah, exactly. You have to. Yeah, there's a there's a guy who can Mr. get Blazer. you into the recycling facility. Yeah. Uh, he's but not he suspect needs, at all. <laughs> no, he looks very normal and healthy, yeah. and like he's doing good things. Uh, and he needs uh, a hard hat and a work vest. And this is. Uh, and he's like, you're a four legged small furry mm-hmm. creature you seem qualified to retrieve these things for me, which I'm like, okay. This is uh, where
1: I've got yeah. up to. I've just spoke mm, to Blazer, um and I was like, I need to, because I had chores I needed to do today because I've had a busy week and I haven't done them, yeah. and I was putting them off and putting them off. PSA, guys, if you have chores to do and you want to play games for <laughs> podcast, do the chores first and then play, and then the, play game. the games. Um, So I had to stop playing to go and do my chores because boring adult life. Yeah, yeah. But I'm
2: um, not... Unless you're doing your chores. You could you could choose not to do them, and that would be That's
1: bad. true. Yeah. I'm not super worried I mean, about the end of the game being spoiled or anything. I have a feeling that okay. I know roughly where it's going with the ending okay. anyway. Um, I can, we can kind of
0: go vague, or I can just go blatant to the, the, the ending. I, I, I have a feeling
1: you're... that it's not going to be super revolutionary. If it's super revolutionary, I want it to be vague. But to me, I'm like, we're going to get to the surface, we're going to get reunited with the cats, and then the companions are going to leave, this underground place and come to the surface yeah one way or another that's about yeah, what happens pretty much. so to
2: get through this section this is what we we're gonna go into it yeah assume. that's what i was gonna say uh there is a two workers standing outside of a hat store uh where the helmet is sitting in the window uh well actually there's one worker and he's like man i wish i could get these boxes into the store but my friend is a drunk yeah. uh there's no voice acting in that game that's my interpretation of this robot uh, and we're like, oh no, a drunk friend, he must be in a bar. Yep, uh, and so you go to the, the bar, place. and you talk to the patrons of the bar, and the patrons are like, there's a guy, he's fucking sloshed in the bag, bro, he's gonzo. Wonky onzo. slosh. Uh, wonky sloshed. And so you make your way, and there's a robot passed out on robot juice. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know what gets robots drunk. Motor oil. Drunk. Yeah. Um, motor oil. <laughs> uh, and so you have to climb up onto a shelf above him mm-hmm. and knock a Crate bottles, of bottles and it wakes him up to him. He hit that triangle, hit it off of the shelf, falls on top of him. He like wakes up and he's like, Oh, fuck man, gotta go do my job. That sounds like Okay, yeah, it's really aggressive, but he is made of metal. It's true. I guess so. true, so, yeah. it's a little different. Yeah, uh, so he walks back over to the, the truck where they're unloading the boxes, mm. and then you can hop into one of the boxes, and the guy will carry you into the hat store. Yeah, and that's where you steal Pat. the helmet. Mm uh and then there's another clothing store which has the workman's vest yeah. um and if you try to steal it at first the store owner will yell at you and be like hey that's fucking stealing what's wrong with oh. you and then he'll stand right in front of the work vest yeah. and he will not go away but if you go into the back room where there's changing rooms there's a boom box sitting there the a the set set in the boom box and then all of a sudden you've got some bangers playing right. the workman comes to turn off the boom box you run back around steal the vest yep, and you then give you give to mr go blazer blazer yep. mm-hmm. yeah, blazer is his name
1: they're curious uh, have you noticed it might just be me i feel like there's a lot of metal gear references in this game so in momo's flat there is a poster on the wall that looks very, very similar to like the promotional poster for Metal Gear where the characters... I'll send it into the Discord. But there's that, there's the scene where you're trying to fight off the Zerks and you press the button to bring the lift down and the lift starts at the top and comes down, which is very similar to the cargo lift shot from the, the tank hanner of Metal Gear 1. And then oh, we got hiding in a box to get into an area. I might just be Kojima fanboying over here, but hey, that's that. <laughs> There's definitely a Skyrim reference. I was mm. talking to one of the robots down the side alley who was like eating at this burger joint and he was like,
2: like I took an arrow to the knee. Yeah, he was like, Oh, I used to run a store. He, make an a...
1: he makes joke? A... he was like, Oh, I took a screwdriver to the knee, so now I can't do it anymore. Ah, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I like that. So there are little Easter eggs in there if you're if yeah. you're looking. Right.
2: Um so then once again, we jump in a box. Yep. Because that's what this game is. A uh, nice blazer carries us into the recycling facility. Yeah. It's lots of uh, puzzles you know, and
0: avoiding zirks and yeah. whatnot. And this is
2: pretty much just a repeat. Yeah. At a higher difficulty of the last section in between, where you're avoiding zirks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nothing too. Nothing
0: know, too different just, happens in this section, really, at all.
2: You eventually get into an area where there is three buttons on the floor and a giant green fluorescent tube. Mm-hmm with pieces of metal on it and the buttons will lift and lower and open right, to and get the battery the battery yeah that we're looking for mm-hmm. and so you have to use these little uh robot drawer like they're like little desk yeah. drawers you can, you can use like, b12 to like
0: like move them and they'll move wherever you go and you kind of have to just place them on these three buttons to ultimately get yeah. the uh, atomic battery from inside it's a little safe that's right here
2: I thought it it was a cool addition. Yeah, it's a fun puzzle. Fun to add like a new mechanic, and it was like Um, made me think. I was like, okay,
0: how we how do we do this?
2: Well, especially because you get into the room and there's only one of them, and then you can use the one to lower the and there's like a barrel that you can roll into the room. So at first your thought is like, oh, I have to use the barrel to like block off the middle barrel can only go one way, which is right in line with the thing exactly so you can put the one on there and it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. and what you have to do is you have to go to the gate to the right and then jump on the little file cabinet jump over the gate and there's another one in right. there that you
0: having can two of them makes it super easy there. to just like oh cool button button and yeah. then roll the barrel across okay. uh um,
2: yes and but, then you get the battery yeah.
0: with atomic battery in hand you head back to clementine to tell her that you received the battery and when you get to her house she's not there So you're talking to people. The only other person you've interacted with is Blazer. So you're talking to NPCs and everything. And they said that they saw Blazer go to the nightclub. So and when you go to the nightclub, you find out that he's in kind of the VIP room. And that you...
2: I think you can also, um, if you look at the cone head in her apartment, there's a note that said me and someone went to the...
0: Oh, went to the nightclub. 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 Oh, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so however you get to the nightclub, you have to figure out, because the, the door is blocked and the VIP rooms is, is above the nightclub. So you do your little cat, cat reconnaissance where you're uh, jumping on things. You find out if you uh, up where the DJ is, if you pull one of the levers, it like raises this platform up and down, which gives you access to kind of the awning. Uh, but the one on the left side doesn't have a a pull lever on it so you have to try to figure out how to do that i interacted with the, the bartender and got a drink and if you talk to one of the robots he was like yeah they they stopped giving me drinks because i was too drunk so i broke and stole their lever if you give me another drink i'll give you the lever back so you mm-hmm. give him a drink and then he gives you the lever in which you use to get yeah. into the section of the vip room when you jump up there and go into the room you see clementine has been kidnapped and she's tied up and that blazer was the one that set up the whole thing for the sentinels to capture both both the, both fucking, he has the us. fucking bounty. Yes, he wants money for both us and Clementine so we've been captured which leads us into the the jail section and this is where I really enjoyed the game. And not not that I thought the game was too short, but I really wish the game had more of this. So in this moment you don't have uh B12. They've taken B12 away from you and you have to go Bastards. get clementine free and then go find b12 in doing so there is lots of sentinels this is very and you said the metal gear references this is very metal gear too you're doing a lot of sneaking you're doing a lot of hiding around there's the sentinels have this blue cone of vision so if you go into them they see you it turns
1: metal gear come on
0: yeah exactly it turns yellow that they're like curious and it turns red if they see you also if you get shot with them they shoot like these electric bolts at you it's very aggressive and you die almost instant. it's not
2: it's not taser bullets Yeah, exactly. Um, you do have like a reasonable amount of time once they see you can outrun them of like being to, able to outrun them, yeah. but like as soon as they turn red, mm-hmm. it's a very aggressive animation of you getting shot and going limp. Right. So ooh, it's
0: okay, uh, yeah. it, it's really cool because we've relied on B twelve so much to kind of solve puzzles and do things, and at this point, we kind of you know Clementine. Once we eventually do save her, we get uh, we climb through a couple holes and get her jail keys to let her out she can only do so much too. So there's lots of puzzles where there's like these environmental lasers that are going back and forth and you kind of have to figure out how to not only traverse the lasers, but also stay out of the sight of the sentinels. It was great. It was fantastic. And it's a lot of barrels, a lot of barrels you're rolling in. But
2: the the puzzle
0: mechanic and the sneaking and everything I think was at its best
2: right now. But it just doesn't stay for very long. And I wish there was more of it. Yeah. I think it's always, I think it's always good when a puzzle game takes away your main abilities late game Mm -hmm. like that's that's always a good way to like make it feel fresh and not like keep it samey where you're just like using the same mechanics you've been yeah especially because as you like traverse the world in games like this becomes easier and easier to solve the puzzles because you get more used to how the mechanics work and so them taking away b12 and leaving you just with like okay you can run you can jump you can use barrels this is a good change of yeah. pace for a game that at this point you've been playing with the same mechanic, right. almost. Yeah. For, you know, two it I mean, gives you the power
0: fantasy and taking it away and adding cool puzzles is a, is a welcome mechanic that I think. Yeah. Games do.
1: The only time I've experienced this personally, mm-hmm. and this just so happens to be a Kojima game is in death stranding. Oh. Um, in just death stranding, you have BB, which is the little baby. Um, and Mm -hmm. BB will alert you to where the enemies are and essentially is your way of knowing when there is danger. And there Mm -hmm. is a section of the game where BB is taken away from you. Mm -hmm. And so you now have to traverse the world without that alert system. And the problem is that the enemies in the game are invisible, so you can't see them. You had to rely on BB to freak out and know where they were. So you kind of Mm. have to then... The game does a good job of not making it like you're just fucked like there is a sort of yeah. balance to it but it's right. i haven't again i haven't played it but it sounds like that same sort of thing you've come to rely on this companion and now the companion is yeah. not there and you just have to rely on yourself and go back right. to like the basics of it i mean enjoying when that, you
2: started this you see? when you he, when he started that he was like this has only happened to me personally and i was like is he about to go into a story where like... Oh yeah, I like lost my companion. Someone like stole his fucking glasses <laughs> and he's like, good luck, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Traverse this shit now. i doing this
0: now. You can't see. Um, No, I... <laughs> I like, being uh, being uh, for just from what you were saying just now, Ben, and and loving Metal Gear, I think that you'll love this section. I think that your feelings will probably will probably reflect mine in thinking like, this is great. And then it like ends and you're like, wait, no, I
2: want more. I want more Every, of that thing. And then. Used-
1: Everything you've said means that on paper I am looking forward to this part of the game. Yeah. Um but yeah, the, the jail section also
2: that poster in Discord 100 mm-hmm. percent is the metal. A
1: hundred percent, right? It even, it even right. has
2: metal in French yeah. on the front of it. It's like something
1: yeah. metallic.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's
0: hilarious. That's that's, that's yeah, so and then
1: I sent I sent the video of the elevator and the shot of the cargo lift in the tank canner from Metal Gear One is it's Obviously, they're conveying the elevator mm-hmm. coming from top to bottom. Right, but right, right. It's mm-hmm. it's the same sort of homage to it, which is so, so weird it. to have like Metal Gear references in Stray. Out of, out of all games, right? Hey, maybe the
0: yeah. developers were big fans. Who knows? Hey, um, but yeah, a lot uh, of the PUI
2: is rain in French, <laughs> so it's metallic rain.
0: Metallic rain. That's wild. That's so cool um yeah a lot of this section after you free clementine is then freeing b12 and then you eventually do get b12 Mm -hmm. with you Uh, again going through similar mechanics of trying to traverse the sentinels while also staying sneaky you do escape the place that you were being held captive because ultimately your goal was putting the atomic battery in so you can activate the subway so you can eventually get out and Mm -hmm. get to where you need to go Uh, um
1: can i ask a question quickly just out of curiosity. All right, I got two questions. Is there a reason why you free clementine before B12? Because in my brain rescuing B12 first makes the most sense. I think you it's just
0: uh placement
1: like, you run into okay, right.
0: where, where you're yeah. being captured to, because when you come to, you're in a little cage, and when you escape and then walk a little bit, Clementine's the first thing you see, and B-12's in, like, this high-security prison. It's, like, this right, big okay. box that has these lasers around it and, like, four or five sentinels
1: around it. So you just run into Clementine first. Okay, and yeah. secondly, does it do that Naughty Dog trope where your companions are invisible and cannot be detected by the enemies? Um, I think... In all the situations, they
0: set it up perfectly where Clementine is usually behind. It's usually when you're interacting with the Sentinels, it's opening a door to get Clementine access to that area. So, like, you'll get to a gate and Clementine's like, I can't get to this gate. So you crawl underneath and now you have to traverse the Sentinels. And when you get to the other side, you open the gate and, you know, you can uh, distract the Sentinels. Or there's a part where you have to have them chase you and then you lock them in cages similar to the uh, Zerks. So that's, that's how they set that up. Clementine's never in a situation where she's running
1: into the set. Okay. So it's not like, um, like, I mean, I was talking to Ellie about like, um, uncharted four. You should go listen to a Get wrecked. Episode came out. We spoke uncharted four, but, um, they they do that thing where like sam's with you and even though he's running around in broad daylight not behind cover they don't see i didn't know if it was something like that no they set it up perfectly where clementine never really
0: interacts with the sentinels that we do something to either distract the sentinels trap them and that paves clementine a safe route through to the next area okay Um, But we eventually put the battery in and activate the, uh, give power to the subway station. And now we have to head back to Midtown to get to the subway station. Mm -hmm. In doing so, we hop in a car with Clementine and we're driving away, driving through uh, Midtown with this car. And we get to the spot where the stairs lead down to the subway. And there's only like a little hole, so we crawl through. And Clementine's like, "I'll distract the sentinels. You go forward. You go to the uh, outside. That's a death flag, bro. Grandma. That's a fucking death flag. Yeah. So Clementine hops back in the car and drives away. And you see like five or six sentinels drive towards her, not have paying any attention to us. Now our goal is to go down and go into the subway. Um, take the subway. Yeah, you go downstairs, you go into into the little cat subway, which leads you to this very pristine area. After you leave the subway and head up the stairs, it's like all white marble everywhere. There's a bunch of robots that are just kind of cleaning. That's really all that they're doing at this point. And when you talk to them, they say, you kind of imply that you were wanting to leave because there is a big door that says to the outside. And when you talk to the robot, they tell you that the situations outside aren't to standard and you have to talk with the people in the control room they all keep referencing that these there's there's these individuals in the control room that are controlling everything uh one way or another you do get into the control room which is it's funny because you b12 tries to hack the door and can't and there's another panel on the other side and what the cat does is scratches the cores and the panels which like disrupts the door and that's how you get into the door which i thought was really funny you have to do like the whole scratching mechanic where you're doing both of the triggers um but when you get into the control room, you realize that this place has been locked and there's been no people in there at all. So there's been no one able to get into the control room to even open the doors in the first place. That if there was individuals in there that they have died, but no one is in the control room running this place. And everyone oh, so thought they, there were.
1: Yeah, I was going to say so that they, they were stuck, but not like through. Cho- like anyone could have walked into that control room at any point and opened the door. It's just if you, the, if you had access to the yeah.
2: You would have to reactivate, the, right. uh, You know the subway. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. all of that situation,
1: right. yeah,
0: all of that, that situation, way. getting past the zergs. So in the control room, what you're doing is you're trying to activate the the room because what we find out earlier in the game is that the city is under this giant dome, or there's this this big wall that's blocking the top, like the sky that people think are stars are really just lights of this dome that's overseeing this entire city. So what we're doing in the control room is trying to open that door, Uh which involves there's kind of these three different monitors that you have to do. Cause when you try opening the door, the first place, it locks you out of it. And there's like three locks on there. So there's three security measures that have to be broken into to finally open the door. All right. While your, or while um, B12 is, trying to hack the door it's funny because there was this mechanic early on where you're a cat and you're walking across a keyboard and like trying to type and stuff mm-hmm. that happens earlier on
2: um, you can
0: talk to someone it's like an instant messaging fin isn't it yeah exactly so you kind of have to do that in this section there's kind of these rows of keyboards and some of them are lit up and some of them aren't and when you rock walk across the keyboard it lights up the monitors so you have to just light up each one of the monitors and then in doing so it sets up three different points around the room in which you have to go scratch the wires and then b12 hacks that spot okay every time b12 hacks one of the spots he sparks and he's like oh okay like this this is taking a little energy out of me but by the third one i'll be able to recharge and be fine come to come to realize that after the third one he knew all along that he wasn't going to that the body that he's at is not going to be able to take the amount of energy needed to open these doors and b12 does die which is, is a really sad scene. Yeah, after you open, he he opens the light. He falls on the floor, and then the cat like rubs his her face on it, and then just lays next to B twelve. And it was really sad because oh. they were they were friends. That's, oh fuck. Okay. Um, but yeah. So the, after that, it sets up a cutscene where the door starts to, the the roof starts to open, which shines light onto the city which it just cuts into like a couple characters of interest that we have met throughout the game, looking up and seeing the blue sky, all the Zerks die immediately when the sunlight hits them, they all explode. So they, obviously the sunlight is an extreme light where they can't handle it. So all the Zerks that are, have access are in an area where the sunlight can hit them. They die. You then go to the, the main door that leads outside, you climb up some stairs and it's just the cat sitting at the top of the stairs
1: in like the grass and like seeing butterflies. And then it cuts, that's credits. So the only outsider who survives is Balthazar. Oh, Clementine's still Clementine's still alive. So
0: in that cutscene, the robots are the sentinels are chasing her, and the the door opens up, and that deactivates the sentinels. So Clementine is also still alive.
1: Oh, okay. So Cle- okay. So it's just poor Momo Momo yeah. Damara.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: There. The-
2: I don't even know if Momo's dead or if he just couldn't make it through the door and he's just trapped I mean, there's got, there's like, no cut like
1: to a... momo and and what he's doing so yeah it's it's implied that he's dead to me because like he not to me personally <laughs> <dead> to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, aren't you like being fucking chased by like a swarm of zerks or something so yeah. to me the implication is that he's, he's eaten he's by zerks by. yeah and the fact that it doesn't cut to him confirms that for
0: my headcanon yeah. but Cause it literally shows Clementine like in the car and the sentinels chasing her. And then the sentinels are deactivated once the, the barriers open. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems cause obviously we came from the world in the first place, but from, from people seeing it, it seems like the world is fine. Like there's a bunch of lush grass, this blue sky and everything like that. And it seems that outside world is okay. You don't actually see the cat reuniting with the other cats. It just cuts after the cat makes it uh, out. So straight to. <laughs> <Straight laughs> <union. laughs> exactly. The, the stray cinematic universe is now, uh, Going to you heard it exactly. here first but that's stray everybody it was uh, a right. stray we'll go and give kind of our, our our points here and wrap this guy up ben how did you feel about the time you
1: experienced with stray because obviously you know you didn't get to the end but from what yeah. you've played i mean i will more than likely finish it tonight because i was yeah extremely enjoying my time with the game mm-hmm. um Obviously it's I feel like it's hard to convey when we do the podcast how just how different your experience is playing a game critically versus just playing a game. Um you you know, things like the Zerks and stuff, I could have just sort of brushed that off, but because we come together and we talk about it in a critical sense, it kind of takes away from the experience of the game a tiny bit. Um I, look, I'll i be honest, alright? I did not play this game for the story whatsoever. I played this game to be a fucking cat in a dystopian sci-fi setting, and it lived up to that as far as I am concerned. The setting is great. The lore of the land and why everyone's where they are is okay. It's not original, but it's a solid one. You know, that's, that's a solid... Story of sort of you know humans being pushed underground and stuff. The gameplay is great, the traversal is solid, is probably some of the best traversal of a parkour sense that I've played for a while. Um and look, I mean the the the, the guys and girls and they's and they's not and whoever who made the game. They they know what they were doing, right? They wanted to make a game that is an, a homage to cats. And that's evidenced when you look at everything they're doing, like money that was made by the game. Part of that is being donated to charities that look after stray kittens and rehouse stray cats. You had um, the game itself. The cat itself is modeled after the office cat for the development studio who made the game like everything about the game is a homage to cats and to trying to take away this stigma that people have about stray cats that they're like dirty disease carrying animals and if you're if you're coming into the game looking for like a fucking rock-solid story the story's fine it does what it needs to do it provides a backdrop to the game but if you're coming for the gameplay if you're coming to play as a cat if you're coming to nuzzle against robots and watch hearts appear on their screen and jump up the sides of air conditioning units then stray does exactly what it needs to do yeah i i reflect
0: everything that you said ben i have a a different opinion and different perspective a little bit about the the story i know the story was kind of kind of basic and like you said it's not something that hasn't been told before and i too was not going into stray for the story necessarily i wanted to play as a cat because that is what i think everybody was here for Mm -hmm. but i will say that the story and and kind of slowly peeling the layers of like what happened to the people before and the narrative was a good motivator for me to continue playing i mean obviously like i said the gameplay is fun Mm -hmm. And traversing as the cat is fun, but the, for me personally, the, the the narrative and peeling back that narrative was a good motivator and driving force for me to want to continue playing this game. So I did enjoy it. Like you said, it's not anything crazy. It didn't like hit me on the emotional side. It wasn't anything that hasn't been done before with the whole post-apocalyptic world and, and setting and everything. But I think that it was it was good. Um, controlling this cat feels fantastic. I mean, the <laughs> yeah, the world and the verticality and having you learn these environments by exploring them in repetition, I think were all done really well and helped us build the experience up in general. Um, There were some issues that we had with the Zerks and the whole uh, laser light thing, which I was trying to find the name of. And even in this walkthrough, the the person that wrote it refers to it as Doc's weapon. So even that person doesn't know what the (laughs) hell the gun was, (laughs) the gun was called um but there is some some issues with with the Zerks and if not their behavior is not really matching up to their lore which i can see but in, in the moment at least look looking back and playing through that that didn't really take me out of the experience personally that much uh ultimately it's a fun game we could play as a cat and uh, everything that you do between climbing and knocking down things and meowing all re- reflects and mimics what i would think being a cat is like and it feels very fluid
1: yeah, I I just want to say very quickly before we let mm-hmm. the man that is Kai chime in on his thoughts. The, um, the Wikipedia for Australia says that the weapon is called a defluxer. There you defluxor. go, defluxer. Okay, Kai, take us home, buddy. This story is amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, was, I was ready. I was ready for that to happen. I was like, "Do it! Tell me the story is amazing." <laughs>
2: uh, no, I do. I I don't think I've ever played a video game where there's not a single human Uh, uh, that I, that I've played through. There's not a human in this entire game and there's only things the humans have created and a cat and it is very difficult to understand the worldview of a cat. (laughs) So we, we put, you know, when we play games, we put ourselves in the, position of the main character and what that experience is like and we identify with them that's what you know all storytelling is for the most part is trying to make people identify with the experience of another and so it's interesting how much you can project human feelings onto a creature that and i this is going to upset some people who i know including our significant others who believe that cats are you know high functioning beings that have Uh, deep understandings of you know human experience they don't they're very simple creatures unfortunately or fortunately as that may be which is what makes them great um and so it was interesting playing through this you know how much of my own human experience i can apply Mm -hmm. to something that i logically understand would never be able to experience the feelings that i am right um i think the dynamic between the cat and b12 is perfect in that it bridges that humanity gap of b12 makes up for everything that the cat can Mm -hmm. do the communication the you know understanding previous experience the connecting to humanity in a way of explaining you know that it wasn't perfect but that what is what remains was built by it and so in that way they're kind of viewed as these godlike beings yeah. like every individual you interact with is just living but they're also they're built for a purpose right like every single thing in this game was built for a purpose there's nothing in here that's just you know oh i'm just experiencing life and trying to you know what humans do they're all they were built for servitude in a sense mm-hmm. and then they developed their sentience um, which I think is an incredible world. I think it's a very interesting principle of understanding what you know our own connection to what we build is, and like, what would the world look like if we suddenly were gone, and the only thing that was left was the things that we made, uh, and what would they do? I mean, at this point, probably not much, but in a future state where you know our AI is much better, I think that's an interesting question, and I think it's a very interesting world to explore. Um, I mean. I the story is not perfect but it is good and I think the real gem of this game doesn't even have to do with the cat which is really sad because maybe it should be at the end of the day maybe it should be the cat is the main thing but I think the environment and the world building is maybe some of the best I've ever seen Mm -hmm. like you could have done anything in this world. Yeah. And when we were playing it, I was thinking the same thing. Like I was like, "Oh shit, this would make a great 3D shooter." Like if you wanted mm-hmm. to, like if you want to do something like that playing, if you want to do something Jack and Dexter in this world, perfect. You want to do something like uh, Disco Elysium would fit perfectly in this world, mm-hmm. where you have this dystopian exploration of you know high detail things that are happening around you and understanding where you are in a place and like i mean truly incredible work from this developer and i hope that they continue to build these very dense and beautiful and varied environments because i think that's what they did really well i think the cat was a vessel to look at the world in a different way and to experience it differently than we would as like a human which back to the point that ben brought up was like oh we go upstairs like that's how we traverse the world but being able to see it from a different perspective does add something to it but i mean at the end of the day i mean i think that that is the thing i most took away from it is just being able to be in such a fleshed out and even when we were playing it like we were like oh this could be a scene from last yeah which is saying a lot Mm -hmm. like Naughty Dog, one of the greatest, you know, studios of the last 10 yeah. years, who has created some of the most memorable environments and scenes in video games, like that that comparison is being drawn to a developer where this is their like really their first forway, foray into like the high-end level indie game making. Yeah, and not to not to be Americentric, but also a developer who is developing games that hit with an American audience that is not American, mm-hmm. they're French, yeah. so they're developing. You know, their games in a different country was the same thing in Disco Elysium, where it's like not only do you have a completely different cultural context, you speak a different language, Mm. and the game is beautifully written. You're able to connect with it, you're able to understand it without that cultural context. And that's incredibly impressive, absolutely. Um, thing to be able to achieve, especially this early on, as far as you know, a development career goes for a studio. So, I my title for this is nine meows out of ten meows. I think this is. An incredible first jump into what's possible from indie developers is what I love about indie yeah. games. It's always something unexpected. It's always an adventure. And there are little aspects of it that like, I could nitpick to death, like the Zerk things yeah. and the stupid mechanics of the laser beam or the, the defluxer. Um, but like, at the end of the day, it was a great experience. Yeah. It was beautifully made. It made me feel something. That's all I can ask mm-hmm. for, and it was thirty bucks. Yeah, exactly. Like, for, it's and an for us, quote unquote free, we still have to <laughs> the title. And Quote unquote free for us to have, uh, you know, the PlayStation Plus service. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. I knew this would probably be good, and I, I do understand people's response to you know wanting more. Yeah, and so who is this for? People who enjoy those games. Yeah. Also, if you enjoyed kind of puzzly games like i would say that's probably yeah. the, the main target More of this, right is oh, like puzzles. if you enjoy environmental puzzle games you'll enjoy yeah. this this is that's it's what absolutely. this is it's an environmental puzzle yeah. game with really beautiful interactivity and a very unique perspective of a main game yeah, yeah. but so. yeah and I if think,
1: you, if, oh sorry no it. i was just gonna say i think that like um i think a longer play time actually would have been detrimental to it i think it actually would have yeah i think it's Good experience, a good time. I I yeah. I liked what I had played.
0: Again, there's an aspect that I would have won more of, but in sense of like length in general, I think it was fine. But guys, that is stray. We have wrapped up our time with the kitty cat game, and now it's time to get into our next main series. So, so there, just, there's a there's a, there's a little, little story here before we go on. So I had like the idea of what I wanted to play. I kind of had three games. I ran like not some pass Ben, but I ran kind of the idea of some pass Ben. And then I was listening to Morgan's podcast, Intercollectic podcast and Nave had recommended a game and hold. No, Ben, don't get excited. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. on. And I was going to play that. But then when looking at that, we are going to hit our a hundred episode in this next main series. I had to change it. And this game has a reputation here on our podcast. It's almost a meme at this point, but I think that it would be fit perfectly if, with our 100 oh, episode special, fuck. we play this game. So our next main series is going to be another no! than Chrono Trigger.
2: Fuck you.
1: Okay, do you want to hear a story? Yeah. Chrono no. Trigger was my next main series. Was it? Oh <laughs> damn. <laughs> And I had this whole thing the same as you. I was gonna be like, it was a meme. We're finally doing it. We're playing Chrono Trigger. That's amazing. I'm so happy, Ben. That's crazy. It had to be. It had to be. For the hundredth episode, it had to be Chrono Trigger. So many
0: people have talked about it. So many people have said that this is a game that we should play. So we're going to be playing through Chrono Trigger. Now, my own personal stipulation with this is I'm going in with zero expectations. My idea Mm -hmm. is this game, it could 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 be great. It could be awful, and it could be in the middle. Because my problem with Super Mario RPG is I went in with way too high expectations and did not enjoy it. So, not going in with any expectations. Chrono Church could
1: be bad, awful, or amazing. Kai's <laughs> spirit is so broken. Well, it, it's
0: funny it. when you said JRPG
1: just now, too, because I was like, Ooh,
2: well, <laughs> like look, at, look at these. Look at, this, look at this. Look at this graphics. Look at this bullshit. Hey, How
1: you aren't a gonna... story person. You should be not worrying about the crap. So, uh, my whole... I had this, like... Bullet point speech that I was gonna make about how oh, man, I Kai hates away. J. No, because I was <laughs> just gonna say you know, Kate, Kai hates JRPG. He hates turn-based games. It is everything that Kai dislikes. It has time mechanics. <laughs> everything. <laughs> now, I have to ask. I don't know if they have done or not. Are we playing OG Chrono Trigger or is there like a remake with quality of life improvements? So this this is what I was gonna get into as well. From. from okay but yes i it seems from my research
0: that the nintendo ds version is the definitive version i'm going to leave it up to not only us but the audience on which it's very expensive on which version they want to play like ben if you look at ds and because we're going to emulate it i'm not going to buy this game if you look at like ds emulators and you're like i don't want to deal with a whole two screen thing on an emulation play the snes version or or, or whatever version of that again audience if you're listening and you want to play chrono trigger along with us Whatever version is ideal for you. I think for us, at this moment, we'll do a little more research, but at this moment, we are going to be playing through the Nintendo DS version of, of Chrono Trigger.
1: Isn't there like a Nintendo Switch port of Chrono Trigger? No. Chrono Cross. It's different. Oh. oh. what?
0: How is Chrono Trigger not on the Switch? It's not on a lot of things. I think it's on Steam, and it's on DS, and it's on SNES, and so I, Killer
2: I need trigger to, is $150 on DK yep. What the, who is playing? I'm this? telling you, man, just emulate it. You fucking monsters. Yeah. What is wrong the, the with The DS you?
1: version or the, uh, yes. The oh, there is so few pixels in these screenshots. I am ready for this. Are you excited for the, the, all the list pixels, all the pixels. Well, so this game is one of those games. Oh, it PlayStation. PlayStation was on PlayStation as well. And it's on mobile. I'm, i need to trigger i need to temper my expectations because yes
2: are you trying to have me get canceled by all the fans who love these old ass games
1: um i need to yeah i need to temper my expectations because i know of chrono trigger and it kind of came about from ocarina and talking about games with time mechanics and things like that yeah um and shout out to Listoff. I know Brian of Listoff is a massive Chrono Trigger fan. It's like his favorite And if game I remember role. correctly, Ryan is playing it for the first time this year as well. And so. Ryan is playing it for the first time. So there's a lot of people in our little community who right. talk very highly of chrono trigger right um, and so i do have to temper those expectations right. those well.
0: expectations are going to be tempered you've all listened to or heard about our we're notorious for our super mario rpg hate understand that that is a, a very possible outcome with chrono trigger we can all leave chrono mm-hmm. trigger and hate it which is I, again, i'm tempering yes. those expectations
1: please, please understand i will i will be as critical of chrono trigger as i feel is right playing it for the first time in 2022
2: yes i will attempt to keep an open mind
1: that's good see the guys there you go kai's going to attempt to keep an open mind on this even though it's literally everything that he possibly right, hates a politician that was like perfectly ambiguous enough <laughs> <laughs> like you cannot get in trouble in any
0: exactly. well, i mean turn-based game jrpg has a time mechanic pixelated no.
2: Those are everything you like, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I hope the translation is...
1: Oh, so it's weird. a fucking! It's an early 90s game. The localization is going to be god-awful. The character uh, like graphics are cool because it's the uh, Dragon Ball Z man. I forgot what his name is, but... Chrono. Mm. No, the, the guy who made Dragon Ball Z. The guy who makes Dragon Ball Z is just Chrono. He's, he's oh just Chrono. When you look at it, Chrono actually really fucking looks like Goku.
2: Yeah. Akira Toriyama. Akira.
1: There you go. He is the
0: artist for Chrono Trigger.
1: Let's go. There's a giant fucking yes. ambiguous frog. I'm down yes. for this frog dude.
0: So, guys, this is also going to be a little different of a series because the series might be a little longer with shorter episodes. I'm working on the how we're going to be splitting this up, at least for the first episode of what we're going to be playing this week, is we're going to start with the Millennium Fair and then end on kind of chapters or second a uh, segment and It's called The Queen Is Gone. And it's kind of around the first boss fight. So we're going to end after the first boss fight. And that doesn't seem like it's relatively too long. Um, but what I'm thinking is this series will probably be nine or ten episodes. It's kind of where I'm going with this. Because I'm going to shoot to having a little bit of shorter episodes and a longer series. So let us know how, how you feel about that and, and the idea of that. But the at this point, the graphic in the schedule will be up on our social media so you can check that out and reference that to see what we're going to be playing through okay guys good. But yes our next main series we're going to be playing through chrono, Tr- chrono trigger we talked about it a l- thousand times on this podcast they like oh we didn't really play chrono trigger oh let's not play chrono trigger ever. kai's not gonna let chrono trigger we're doing it guys it's gonna happen yes and, and we're doing it um yes stick to our social media to find what we're going to be playing through but now let's get into our recommended section so we're going to skip the recommended section for this week. Um, not because any of us have bad memory or forgot, just because reasons that we're just not going to disclose to any of <laughs> you. Um, uh, may or may not be a video on our social, if you <laughs> want to. <laughs> exactly. But uh, Ben,
1: what are we going to be? What are we recommending next week? What do you want to do next week? Yes. For? So um, I want to do third-person shooters because Ooh. the other Finn – is I was listening to uh, Game Together and Philip and Nave were talking about Gears 5 and they were talking about where is a good jumping point and they mentioned Gears 2, which was a great Kai, game. I will let you know, at some point Will we be playing Gears game <laughs> at some point
2: this is the fucking play games kind do like of podcast Jesus shout Christ. out to
1: all of the people who have been here from the beginning or have listened to the old episodes it used to be a podcast where we play games that we like and games that we don't that was the spiel in the very beginning of the very first episode that was my spiel
2: games was we, like, games we hate. yeah yeah it's supposed to be equal <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm being targeted. But,
1: um I mean we won't play Gears for a while. I don't want to dump too much on you. I mean, we, got t- we got we got 10 <laughs> weeks of <late laughs> Chrono Trigger <laughs> so <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, my my main series is next, so we could do Gears too as my main series and just oh, absolutely back back. put <laughs> yeah, absolutely put Kai through the ringer.
0: So yeah guys, next week bring your favorite third person shooters and we will be recommending them on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. But thanks for listening. Thanks for getting to the end of the episode as always. Like I said in the beginning, Follow us on social media. Anywhere you find our podcast, you can find the link tree. Uh, but fun. yeah, st- stick there yeah. to see the how we're going to be tackling Chrono Trigger and the schedule for that, because that will be up on our socials. Um, but that's what we're doing next week. We are starting Chrono Trigger. And we're going to be playing through the beginning section up to the first boss of the game. I am... Let's go. Uh, My expectations are here. It's gonna. I'm all right. I don't want to get excited, but I'm kind of excited. I'm I'm excited about the idea, even if it's bad. It's like cautiously
1: optimistic. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. There we go. I'm cautiously optimistic. We have been talking about stray. For over two hours, gents, this is worse than Kirby's Dream Course. Right, I know. And you forgot the Discord yet again?
0: I wasn't done yet. (laughs) I wasn't done yet. Go follow our Discord. We have lots of fun conversations. Lots of stuff that we do there. It's a grand old time. I didn't forget it this time. But guys, thanks for getting to the end of this episode. We love you. We'll see you next time with Chrono Trigger. Peace out. Bye.
1: No goodbye from Kai. He is broken.